Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Well, welcome to the Dragon's Lair! Ding, ding! <laughs> it is time for hell in a cell! Hi! I'm at a disadvantage. Why? I can't hear it's, it's out of my it's, left ear. It's your fault because you didn't bring the headphones. These are the hoopiest headphones. Half-assed. Broadcast. I didn't not bring them. I don't own them. Jason Lloyd in for Tone today and tomorrow. Tone, his baby was born yesterday. They've named the baby Mason. You might want to remember that for later on in the show around 745. I'd rather Why? have the baby co-hosting right now. Because I bet Jason ba- Lloyd walked in and goes, Mitchell. He called him Mitchell. <laughs> bring me my headphones. You you needed you needed headphones. Well, first off, Mitchell and I had our first like knockdown drag out before the show because I didn't know. Right before I walked in, five forty-eight. Oh, we have two-second trivia today. Oh, we do, do we? Okay, (laughs) all right. And so there was a there was an exchange of ideas uh, about two-second trivia at that moment, Uh, because it's folks. We kind of have a log jam going on today, but there's a good reason for it. We have Shams Sham Sharanya. Coming up. Sharanya, close enough. You said Sharanya. I set me- you up. It's Shams Sharanya. Uh, three. I two, said it the right one. way. <laughs> it's Shams Sharanya. Shams Sharanya joins us at 820. I don't know why I have to write it right now. Uh, the Athletic, from The Athletic, NBA Insider. We'll talk to him at 820 this morning. Two-second trivia at 745. But Mitch and I had a back and forth. An exchange, a zesty exchange of ideas. There was a fourth. With at, Sad uh, I missed it. At seven, at, because we have two second trivia at 745. And then you walked in. So Mitch is running around all over the place. You can tell he's perturbed. <laughs> you can tell it. And then Jason comes in. I need headphones. <laughs> well, and it wasn't just that Mitch was perturbed by that. Mitch also got the uh, got the nice elevator treatment to start. Oh, the yeah. You got stuck in the elevator. Day. Boy, it's been a hell of a morning for you, That's, ain't it, Mitch? It's, it's not. Uh, it wasn't as long as Owen's was. But, yeah, there was a minute there where I was panicking a little bit. Because yeah, I, I, also... I also got up a little late. So I didn't want to, like, get in uh, after 5, which I unfortunately <laughs> did. Yeah. Well, well, well. Look at Mitchie. It happens. What are you going to do? Well, that's good and all, but I have my creamer, so that's all that matters. Yeah, and then he needed yeah. his creamer. What type of creamer do you got over there? Well, the 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 liquid good stuff is in the fridge back there. Andy you, knows. Andy knows if I'm going to do the morning show, I need liquid creamer. You really need creamer. Yeah. He buys Sorry, it for I let you down. He bought it for you? Yeah. 
It's in the it's in the fridge over there. But never bought me. Well, I've never asked. A producer from another station followed me in here to tell me your creamer is in the. You can just say Eric. I didn't know Eric his next door. You Eric's can say Eric, Eric next door. All right, I didn't yeah. know his name. I'm Eric sorry. McElroy I put the gun away. Has done uh, has done updates around here. I don't. I'm not waving a gun in here. Not yet. Anyway, we'll see how the rest of the show goes. Oh, we got plenty Mitch, of time. I am a uh, guess around the uh, Evan Mobley three. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I tell you what, guys. At 7:20, hell is frozen over. I'm just gonna let you guys know this because I agree with Jason on something, but I uh, I thought it was. I, I agree with well, somebody else on something else, which I never thought I would, but here we are. What? Uh, nothing. I thought you were going to agree with me on the Evan Mobley thing, but I see what you nope. did there. Nope. I know what you agree with me. I nope. thought it was weird Jason wore a bandolier in here. We're going to do two things. We're going to get two birds stoned at once a little bit later Is on. Is that going to be like when Hogan and Macho Man formed the superpowers and then turned on each other? Well, and, you have lust in your eyes. And then <laughs> so, and then, you're, are you going to get hit with a, with a pea tray? But as long as you don't have lust in your eyes, nothing will happen here. But if you do, I'm going to be pointing in your face, and it's on at WrestleMania. Anyway, Mitch, I'm sorry about your experience being stuck in an elevator. No, it's all good. And we, and as far as the, the first knockdown drag out goes, it was kind of kind of one-sided on your end. I was just kind of sitting here. Well, Mitch, you know, I mean, he eventually. Well, I am not. Oh, I like I'm, to be prepared for things. And that's that's fine. And I'm as cool as the other side of the pillow when it comes to this job. So I'm. you're never going to hear me raise my voice. Wow, in fuego. Listen to him. Challenge accepted. I'm not going to try to rattle this cage. Okay. <laughs> I try to rattle your cage. <laughs> some audio here. Speaking of Mitch, he found some audio for us. This is Diana Russini from the Athletic Football Show. Uh, for bronze fans, this is a fantastic thing. If, in case of emergency, this is a fantastic thing. Diana Russini, this is real. I cannot believe this. Uh, from the Athletic Football Show, this is on Monday, about Mike Vrabel and whether or not his physical size affected his job prospects. What is your sense of why like, Vrabel doesn't have a head coaching job right now? I don't think that there was a fit for him. I don't think he sat in front of any owner who thought that his style was going to work for what they were looking for. Do you know I had a GM at the Senior Bowl who mentioned to me Vrabel's physical build, that he's a very large human being and can be very intimidating to, to people in an organization that are going to be part of these decisions. And that is a factor, which... I left. I said, stop. That That's not something that's real. Who cares what someone physically looks like? And he said, I'm just telling you, I've been I've been in rooms. And, and somebody's physical presence can make a difference. I, mean, I, I think that's crazy. I think that's absolutely nuts. Yeah. I, but there, she is saying that deadpan serious. Yeah, I know. And, I mean, listen, Diana talks more people in the NFL than I do, and she's a, a colleague, so I'm not going to go against her. Ah, colleague, yes. But I think Vrabel's sitting out for the Ohio State job. I don't think it has anything to do with size. That's a different conversation. I will say, Mike Vrabel is a massive human being. That part is true. So Mitch did the yeoman's work, and he found us the heights this is of awesome. the 32 coaches now in the NFL. Was well, there was before or after you berated them? There's a couple of non-applicables. This is before. Okay. Uh, a couple of ones we don't know yet. Mike McCarthy looks like Humpty Dumpty. Uh, Raheem Morris, I have no idea. Dan Quinn uh, looks like a hell's angel. Brian Callahan, I'm just upset because he's he's not. Bill Callahan's a lot smaller than you'd think. Yes. He is a lot smaller than you, you would assume. 
the shortest. Are you ready for the shortest coach in the NFL? According to this list. Does not carry himself like the shocking. shortest coach. This coach. is shocking to me. Kevin Stefanski, by the way, listed at 5'11". He is with Sean Payton and Matt LaFleur at 5'11". Which is interesting because Lima, who's the king of saying 5'11", will say that people will either list themselves at 5'10 or 6'. Nobody lists themselves at 5'11". Three NFL coaches are willing to do so. All offensive minds, by the way. All right, the shortest coach in the NFL, 5'7", Mike Tomlin. Does not carry himself like 5'7". And I got to tell you, I've never been in the same room as Mike Tomlin. I have. You have. Yeah. I, obviously, you have. I would not have pegged him at 5'7". I, I mean, I'm not tall by any means. I didn't think you were shorter than me. I, that is unbelievable to me. Oh, you're F- claiming to be taller than 5'7"? I'm 100% taller than 5'7". I mean, not by I would have leaps assumed, and bounds. I would have assumed that that Mike McDaniel was the was the uh, shortest coach. He's 5'9". He's yeah. actually taller than Mike Tomlin. Uh, coming in at 6'5", this is the two tallest coaches in the NFL. Dan Campbell. All right. Well, if you're looking at the people who hire you, John Dorsey, Brad Holmes. I mean, these are Cro-Magnon men here. <laughs> these are big gentlemen. I could totally believe, yes, he walks in. You see a 6'5", Adonis. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Dan Campbell's in terrific shape. Dorsey's I mean, he 6'2". Is, so. He is a man. Yeah, I mean, but Dorsey... Dorsey's, I mean, he just exudes manliness. There right. is there is nothing sensitive about John Dorsey whatsoever. I mean, he's a good person on. He's a really nice guy. Dorsey he actually really looks is. like he was talking about playing in the ice bowl. Yes. I mean, it, 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 at any point, I thought talking to John Dorsey that he'd go, do you want to go wrestle? Do you think you could beat me in a wrestling match? Like, I always thought he'd a be that way. Strength. Yes. Uh, so Dan Campbell to the Lions, I mean, makes perfect sense. 6'5", big dude. I get it. I had no idea Kevin O'Connell is 6'5". That shocked me. From the Vikings. That shocked me. He doesn't that feel 6'5". Do we play them here next year? Do we have the Vikings uh, at all or no? Maybe we don't. No, I don't think so. Because I'm like, so. I got to get a look at this guy. They were just on the schedule a couple years ago. So Mike Vrabel clocks in at 6'4". Sean McDermott, who they called Lil Red in Philadelphia, is 6'4". I think... I don't know. I this I don't think it it just doesn't make any sense. Look at the people who are hiring people though. All right. You have a new you have David Tepper in in Carolina. David Tepper wants his power. It's actually believable. Uh Mark Davis. Mark Davis kept Antonio Pierce. Mark Davis looks like a cabbage patch doll. So he might have been intimidated by by Mike Vrabel. Uh, the Chargers, I really don't know what the Spanos is, is, is to look like. Tom Telesco's no longer there. Jim Harbaugh is 6'3", but it's Jim Harbaugh. There's an aura around Jim Harbaugh, no matter what anybody wants to say. Arthur Blank will hire anybody that will help his football team. Yes. I actually do believe Arthur Blank wants to win. Yes. Oh, he's 82 years old. He's desperate to win. Yeah, but I thought he wanted to win when he was 70. Well, yeah. Like, I thought he, he But he now was, it's yeah. really. Yes. And he also looks like the count. Um, Washington, we said Dan, Dan Quinn. I don't know. I think if you closed your eyes and you had Dan Quinn, you'd just think Ron Rivera. But either way, uh, Tennessee, of course, they let him go. Seattle went and got Mike McDonald. I could, how could, it, I don't know that Mike, Mike Frable, I don't believe, interviewed for Seattle. He didn't interview, no. right? No. 
Okay. I don't, I don't know that he agreed with anyone. His and New England, see, this is what I understand. Like, New England, like, that was an agreed-upon deal last year that Gerard Mayo will eventually take over right. as head coach of the Patriots because they extended one year, a, a, a candidate for another job last year. And they, and they, pull, they pulled him back. Yeah, yeah, they came to an extension on him and all this other stuff. And so there, there was an agreed-upon thing that he'd be the head coach. See, this is where I just – I don't know if it washes. I mean, if you want a football guy, 6'4", and I'm guessing Mike Vrabel's probably in the neighborhood at 230, 250. Mm, keep going. He's, no, he's heavier he's a, than that. He's massive. He's massive. He was doing – this is my best Mike Vrabel story. Last year at the owners' meetings, there's one night where it's a black tie dinner. and Well, not black tie, but it's, it's formal. And – uh, it's the the whole league is open and the reporters can mingle with the owners and the coaches and the GMs and everybody's hammered. Yeah. And Robert Kraft is there with a 19 year old and whoa, it's just, whoa, whoa. I said 19. Hey, hey I said, hey, I said 19. Hey. Oh, okay. I understand, but still, I didn't say 17. I said 19. I don't say anything about Leonardo DiCaprio. She was, so I'm just saying at least 19. Yeah, go ahead. So it's just a fun night. Did you check her IDs? IDs or what? <laughs> what is going on? And at the end of the night, Vrabel, <laughs> after uh, a few champagne glasses, and I can't remember who the other coach was, basically does fat guy in a little coat, and they trade blazers. And here's massive Mike Vrabel in this tiny little jacket. I thought he was going to split it down the seams. He is a mountain of a man. I would have guessed actually bigger than 6'4". Really? Like, he's every bit of 6'4". Is there an aura to it? Yeah, that he walks. I like, mean, I, I would, it's not you wouldn't not hire him because of it, but he definitely well, is saying. a he is a hulking presence, like a person's aura that that goes around them. There's like okay, larger than life type yeah. of person, and, and Mike Vrabel might be that guy. Um, I'm getting pushback that Mike uh, that Mike Tomlin is five seven. There's pictures of him standing next to Cam Hayward. I'm telling you, I I, I never would have guessed he's shorter than me. I mean, he's not huge. 5'7 is short, man. Yeah. 5'7 is really, 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 really short. He's, I, I don't think that's accurate. I don't think it's accurate. There are people taking pictures of him next to Mike, uh, Sean McDermott, and they're like, he's taller than Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott is listed as 6'4 here. Is he the one who's 6'4 and Sean McDermott is 5'? I don't know. I'm not going to impugn Mitch no, Spinell. Tomlin's not 6'4. I have typed in Mike Tomlin height, and it varies from. Yep. Five nine six one six five five seven. Call, this is a, this is a thing. Call Pony. Get wake Pony his on the wake phone. his dead ass up. Right get here. Pony on the phone, and get him in to see how tall Mike Tomlin really is. He's gonna it's love about that. time he did something. But yeah, it's about time he woke his ass up. Because I don't think that there's anything there. Uh, Andy Reid is six three two fifty, and immediately Owen thought there's no way he's only two fifty. No. Now, I that was, those were his measurements from the punt, pass, and kick contest. <laughs> hey, he did good in that. He did. Did he win it? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he was 6'3", 250, and the next <laughs> biggest kid was 5'1", 48. <laughs> well, you know, what are you going to do? So, I, I had to push back on it. I think there's a possibility Andy Reid could be in the neighborhood of 250. And this is why. He's 6'3", so there's a little taller, so you would stretch out the 250. And then he put his other However, foot on the scale. he's an old man now. He's in his 60s. Yeah. So he might not be 250. He might be like 270, 280. Okay? Which is a 30-pound difference, which is a pretty big difference. I'll give you. But I don't think people understand, like, when you get old, you start to get, like, deflated. Like, I told you, have you ever seen Parcells at the Hall of Fame speech? 
there's like jowls there. Yeah. Now Parcells was always known as a big person, but there's like this. It's it's like a it's like a Sharpay dog. Like there's just like this flabbiness. Out of the balloon. Yeah, there's flabbiness there, but it's not like it's not thick and heavy. If you get if do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, at all, I do, then? but I still don't believe for a second he's two fifty. He might be in the neighborhood. Can I? The first number is a three. No, yes. I don't think that Andy Reid yes. weighs three hundred pounds. Hundred percent. Yes, he's six three. He weighs three hundred pounds. Yeah. Yes. I don't think Andy Reid weighs three hundred pounds. I think you look at his mustache and you just assume he weighs three hundred no. pounds. No, I look at the rest of him and know that he weighs three hundred. Looks pounds. like a walrus. So I think and they weigh three hundred pounds. Oh, they weigh more than that. Yes. I don't know if he weighs three hundred pounds anymore. It looked like he lost a little bit. He still got those big calves, though. Well, he's, we've been talking tough. about we've been talking about bodies for a while here. This is some pretty interesting. Well, he's got stuff. that fat quarterback. He does. He does have a bit of a heavy quarterback in there, according to a lot of other people. I don't think Mike Tomlin's five seven. Either way, I, I still I told you it's a break glass in case situation, where it's like, all right, I'd give him anything he wanted to come back up here if he wanted to be the head coach up here. Now you might be right; he might be holding out for the Ohio State job, but I don't know, man. They got all that talent. I don't know if they, they're necessarily going to want to make a move like that. Well, Vrabel can sit out a year and get back in. That will be no problem at all. It's true. And he can take a year, recharge. And if he, I don't know if he has any interest in Columbus or not. I don't know. But if he does, now's the perfect time to wait. Because if they lose to Michigan next year, he's gone. So just take a year, go golfing, try on small jackets, drink heavily, and wait. Drink heavily and wait. Drink heavily and wait. And if, if Ryan Day keeps his job and if he's not interested in that, then get back in the NFL cycle a year from now. We go around Super Bowl 58 coming up at 8 o'clock, and Sham Sharanya is going to join us at 8.20 this morning from the Athletic NBA Insider. Shams. Sham Sharanya. See, I was saying it right. No, you weren't. No, I was saying it right yesterday, and you threw me off. I had said it right and learned to say it right, and then you messed me up. Always blaming everyone else. you did it on else. purpose. Can't ever take credit for your own. Actions. Coming up next, there's a new expensive platform to watch sports. Ken Carmen, Jason Lloyd, in for Tone Master General, live on the fan. Now, the Ken Carmen Show with Anthony Lima give their thoughts on what you might have missed about last night. Speaking of Joe Flacco, there's a little bit of a conversation update coming up during about last night here. Remember, Sham Sharanya going to join us 820 this morning, the latest on your Cleveland Cavaliers and whether or not they're going to be active in the trade market. We'll have Jason's opinion on that. Coming up here momentarily. However, we have a new streaming platform to watch sports. ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers, which is also Warner Brothers Discovery, have announced plans yesterday to launch a new sports streaming platform that is going to be coming out in the fall that will include offerings from at least 15 networks and all four major professional sports leagues here in the United States, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the NHL. It says, quote, this new sports service exemplifies our ability as an industry to drive innovation. That's David Zasloff of Warner Brothers Discovery. Will you pay Will you pay for this brand new streaming service? I. This is the wild, wild west right now in terms of how they're doing all this. It's basically cable, yeah. We used to steal everything, but actually I signed up for YouTube TV. I love it. So I don't know, like, I mean, I don't want to do Congratulations on all your success. No, shut up. I don't want to do a promo for YouTube TV, but like 73 bucks a month, you get all that already. So what are you really getting? You know what I mean? I don't understand what this is offering that I won't get on YouTube. I 
have no answer for you. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I just asked you the question. But I'm, I'm just, I'm confused. And now, yeah, and, there was, and there was a report in January that NFL's buying a stake in ESPN. Well, so okay. how does that tie into all well, of this? Well, I don't have YouTube TV, all right? I have, I have regular standard spectrum. Yeah. However, I do have ESPN Plus. I do have... I, we have that too. Congratulations on all your success. So if I, if I have ESPN Plus, will I just go from ESPN Plus to this? Well, this is going to be a lot more expensive than ESPN Plus. Well, how much is this going to be? I don't uh, see a price uh, right what's now. What's ESPN Plus? Like ten bucks a month? The networks include offerings. You ready for this? Yeah, it's like nine ninety nine. ESPN, ESPN Plus, ESPN Two, ESPN U, SEC Network, ACC Network. Yeah, for how long? Uh, NB, ESPN News, ABC, Fox, FS One, FS Two, Big Ten Network, TNT, TBS, True TV, and Sports Channel. No, I made up the last one, but everything else Sports is right Channel. there. Everything else is right there. That's a lot. Yeah. That is 15 linear networks right there, friend. The only thing I don't get on YouTube TV is Bally's. Bally's is not part of YouTube TV, but YouTube has everything that my family needs. Yeah, that's another thing. I need, I need the... I mean, Cavs and Guardians, I need... I, right. You, you got to figure out a way to and get it, this And it done. seems like they've had a lot of problems with that Bally's Plus package. Yeah, it's... I... Yeah, I don't... You know, we, we know people over there. I don't want to rip it. I, but, but there's plenty the, of fans who want to rip it. So, But they're trying to figure it out. Like, again, nobody knows where this is going right. It's sort of like college football and NIL deals. Like, yeah. it's just scramble and find shelter and get what you can right now until this thing is sort of streamlined or regulated a little bit more. Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas, a big week for Las Vegas. Their mayor, Carolyn Goodman, she's been mayor since 2011. She's been doing a series of interviews, including – uh, on a podcast for Front Office Sports yesterday, and she believes that the A's, this is the mayor of Las Vegas, yeah. she believes the A's should stay in Oakland. We have a very large complex, probably about 60 acres. We probably could cobble together more land so they could possibly have 100 acres, and it's in the historic old part of town, which is where all major interstate highways come together. We have seven access points to it. It is in an opportunity zone. There are all these benefits. And so when they said no, I thought, hmm, this doesn't make sense. And so why is it happening? And then I thought, well, because they really want to stay in Oakland. They want to be on the water. They have that magnificent dream and yet they can't get it would it be a good thing if the a's do in fact move to the tropicana i personally i'm not talking about anybody else anywhere else in this community i personally think they've got to figure out a way to stay in oakland to make their dream come true and i was wondering what could that possibly be audio courtesy of front office sports and technically 19 news um and new mothers and new mothers well, she's not a new mother. She's had a mother before. Are you a new mother again when you've had your second child? Is that how that yes. goes? I don't know how it works. Yes. Is there a new baby? Is the baby new just because it's got one before it? Yes, it's a, a new, new baby. baby. It's a new mother. Mm. Yes. Yes. Is Patrick Mahomes a new Super Bowl champion if he wins on Thursday or on yes. Sunday? Yes, he's yeah. the latest one. Okay. Are you newly married if you're divorced? So like when you bought your truck, were you a new truck owner? No, I've owned trucks before. I have a head so for not that truck. truck and an eye for trucks. So you yeah, but I, I own a truck. new truck. Like they have a new well, baby. He actually owned a truck before that too. That was very nice. It was almost too nice, you would say, and he gave it back. It was too nice for him. Opulence. <laughs> I've never really got into that story on the air. 
I've never well, really done what? that. We're here. <laughs> One day I'll tell the story. Oh, we got time. Yeah, today ain't going to be the day. And maybe it will. We'll see how today goes. Maybe tomorrow when you put your feet up on the desk and I get really mad at you. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, that's I'm happening gonna, today. Do you think that the Oakland... Uh, it takes two to tango. Oakland won't work with them. I mean, that's a whole thing about it. Like... It's just, this poor franchise can't... Even the new home is saying we don't <laughs> want you. <laughs> you know, Go back where yeah. you came from. And on social media, it's like a big thing because there's always the big fight. Everybody's talking tough on social media. So it's just like, let the billionaires pay for their own bleep in stadiums. Like that type of thing. And I'm going... Wait a minute. They say they're reinvesting it. I need to see. Well, this doesn't work in social media because it has to be right now. Yeah. Okay. What did they invest in and how does that work in 25 years? Did that make the city of Oakland more revenue? Was it a better place to live for what they invested in? Because that's their whole thing. We are investing in X, Y, and Z instead of professional sports. Right. Well, in 25 years, I need to see where it makes more sense for the city of Oakland. I can't do that now. So I can be questioned. I can certainly question the owners of the Oakland A's and whatever ideas that they have. But I also think that I can question what just the hell's going on in the city of Oakland. Of course, I've never been there, so what the hell. Moving on, uh, Guardians tickets go on sale on February 16th, 216, and that is at 10 a.m. And the reason I bring that up, folks, there is no box office this year. You have to buy all tickets digitally. And the reason is is because of the uh, construction going on over at Progressive Field. So there is no box office. So you can't physically go over there and buy the tickets. You got to buy them digitally. I wonder if they'll ever go back to a box office. Are they keeping the box office? Once you do this, yeah. whoever goes back to the way it was. We're all going cashless. Anyway, could Joe Flacco come back? Well, here's Terry Pluto. If he's going to be in the mix for a starting QB derby somewhere, he would take that. If he's not going to be in it, if he's going to be a backup, I think the Browns would have to be at the front of that line, right? Yeah, because he's, he's already also, here. He knows yeah. what he's getting into, and he's it's a good situation, and he seems like he really likes it. I, I think we're trying to wish for something that's just not going to happen. I think it would be a bad idea to bring him back. I'm on record for months saying that. You I don't, think it would be a bad idea? I think it's – you. For multiple reasons, football I don't think he wise, can come back. Football-wise, I think it'd be a tremendous idea, but I, well, they're for everything the, else, I agree with you. They're changing the entire offense. Oh, that's a good point, too. And Nobody wants to admit that, but it's true. Yeah, and he he, he was too good here. And I, I don't – I just think it would cause – there would – it would I, – I honestly think it would split the locker room if you bring him back. I have one more – I totally agree with you, by the way. I have one more little announcement for about last night coming up next because I have to get this off my chest. It is a sensational, sensational thing for the city of Cleveland. That coming up next, and I absolutely believe Nick Wilson would do this. Ken Carmen, Jason Lloyd, and for Tone, live on the fan. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Friday, November 22nd, this fall, they've added the date. Creed comes to Cleveland. I am excited. I wanted to put this in about last night. We ran out of time. I go, I got another announcement I have to make. Mark your calendar, folks. One of the greatest earworms of all time, Creed. Totally agree. <laughs> more people love Creed than would admit it. Oh, a lot of people. Way more. These, they are, they're the Elvis of butt rock. This is as good as it gets, man. Scott Staff out there. Oh, man. I got, it's Friday. I got to go. It's after high school football season. What's the date? I was sneezing. I Friday, was November 22nd. Well. I might take Wednesday the twentieth off and go up to Little Caesars and then do a tour tour with Creed. Do that. They're in Grand Rapids on Grand Rapids on the nineteenth. 
Them, Nickelback, a few others, the, the bands that everybody secretly likes, that they all tell everybody they hate. That's starting to come back around, though. Because I think people are finally secure enough in that generation, guys who are probably, like Mitch has, Mitch is too young. Do you have any idea about Creed, Mitch? I, I mean, there was that resurgence last year when the Texas yeah. Rangers used them to uh, to will themselves to the World Series. I mean, that's my greatest extent of the band, although I've known them for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think the halftime show with the, with the Dallas Cowboys that on too. Thanksgiving would probably be the best for a lot of people. Like, you can know of them, but the experience in that time, when I was in college, when Owen was in the Air Force, when Jason was doing God knows what with God knows who, there were a lot of people who in Atlanta. who listened. That wasn't that long ago. To, uh, there were people who listened to Creed but didn't want to admit it, and then they all said they hated Creed. Now people are a little bit more self-secure, and they're going, you know what? I like Creed. Now do Wonderwall. Good stuff. Uh, I had a girlfriend who said that that was our song. <laughs> well, I believe Cleveland's... Like that, is she I now ain't... your wife? No. <laughs> no. Cleveland's no. foremost authority on Oasis is sitting in that room no. over there, so... Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Mitch? No. Oh, oh, that's right. He loves Oasis. Yeah. Yeah, girlfriend in high school said Wonderwall is our song. I went, okay. Whatever. What'd you do to it? You don't got to tell you about that. <laughs> you don't got to tell you about any of that. We don't play that greasy. Girl. You're the one who brought it up. Well, I'm just saying. No, you brought up Wonderwall. Yeah. I didn't bring up Wonderwall. You did. That's you know, it's a good song. I don't wouldn't make it our song, but whatever. You know, it was high school. She could have said anything. I just wanted to say yes to anything at that time. <laughs> anyway, uh, eight o'clock. We'll go around Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Jay Binkley is going to join us, Kyle Madsen, as well from the Sacramento Bee, Candlestick Chronicles podcast, and Josh Applebond from V-Sin. Uh, we'll talk about all the lines and everything coming up during around the Super Bowl 58 at 8, 8 o'clock. And then Sham Sharanya is going to join us at 820 NBA Insider. 216-474-0092. Nick had said that he would spend five dollars to $7,000 for a Super Bowl ticket oh yesterday. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I actually believe him. Because George Sedano from ESPN talked him into buying $200 tequila. So I go, this is a man who throws money around like nickels. Like, he does not care. It's not the manhole cover thing. So I'm going, he would spend, like Keith goes, I can't believe he said he would spend five to $7,000 for a ticket. I go, this is a man for who absolutely For one would. ticket? For one ticket. You right still now, have to get there. You have to sleep somewhere. You have to eat something. Right now, median price, or excuse me, cheapest ticket is fifty-four seventy-seven. Average price right now, because I think they might be counting some of the box seats, 9300 for a repeat Super Bowl just a couple of years ago and a two-time champion that's been there three out of four years. Uh, that's that's something. Can I tell you something? What? Being there is com- totally overrated. It's oh, I totally overrated. I, I, I've never been there, but I've never wanted but to. this is the first reason. time it's ever been in Vegas, right? Yes. So well, location yes. has a little bit to do with probably. it. Probably. A little bit. Yeah, probably, but... It's the first time it's in a true travel destination, like a vacation. America's place. Miami and San Diego. And I mean, Vegas isn't so. I don't know if I'd call it Vegas a vacation more than a bender. It's a tourist destination more than. It's a 48 hour bender. Yeah. A lot of adults go in there. A lot of adults with money who want to go there and be a part of the experience and do God knows what with God knows who. But I totally believe that Nick would would spend the five thousand to seven thousand dollars on a ticket to go to the Super Bowl. I did one Super Bowl, and it was like, okay, well, I don't need to do another one. Which one was it? The Bill. I'm, I'm sorry, Patriots. 
Rams. The okay. worst one. The worst one. 2019. It was awful. It was the Jared Goff Rams. Oh, the like Patriots the won. That's when game? we got the stripper story. Yeah. Oh, that's it was the, right. Yeah, in Atlanta. Boy, that's some real. The expose. That's a morally safer journalistic shocked, experience if I've ever I mean, heard tell of you one. The numbers that story did. I read it. <laughs> I, I clicked on it. Uh, but I, I asked the question to Jason before the show. Would you want your team in the Super Bowl even if you knew they were going to lose? I'm talking as a fan. So your favorite team's the Browns. Would you want them in the Super Bowl even if you knew they were going to lose? Absolutely, yes. I said absolutely not. Why? Uh, because if, if, if I'm going to lose, I'd rather not lose on the grand stage. I'd rather it be like I'd rather it be heartbreaking for me, but not for everybody else. Part of the fun of the Super Bowl is the two weeks building up, leading up to it, the parties, would the it, excitement for the Browns. Would it? Yes. I'm not talking about going. I'm talking about everything. Being home, being in Cleveland. I it, I think it would the be the game a nerve, itself would be excruciating. Yeah, but I think the lead up to it would be yeah, excruciating. I think the day, as a fan who's got to do this, uh, I do think the morning of that first time. Is just a gut wrenching experience of sure. emotions, right? And so, I don't know that I could do that. It might help me get through it going somewhere where there's endless opportunities to, you know, tamper those feelings and emotions. For <laughs> Owen, for Owen, I think it would be somewhere it it does become old hat. For the love of God, I mean, you're talking four out of the last five years. I mean, we're doing it, this year. We. I have a full day scheduled before the Super Bowl. So you're kind of you you become used to it. I I would think even the second time I go, all right, I kind of know what to expect the two weeks leading up to it or whatever as a fan. But the the first time the Browns go to the Super Bowl, the two weeks leading up, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be dead man walking. I'm going to be terrified the next two weeks. I'll be oh, excited, but I'm going to be terrified the next two weeks cuz losing on that stage like I don't think it just becomes like I don't think it just becomes like Patriots Bears at eighty five. Like I think it goes down in a horrific fashion. And if it goes down in a horrific Titans, fashion, Titans at the goal yes, line. I don't think like if it's Kevin Dice, if it's Amari Cooper at the one yard line, I don't think my my heart would just explode out of my chest. My point is that I I, I don't know how you could be anxious for two weeks leading up to it. I think you'd be excited and jubilant. I'd be anxious for two weeks. Well, I'd be anxious. The for day two of, weeks. I get. But like, from the time they win the AFC championship until the morning of the Super Bowl, it's a party. Uh, if they win the AFC championship, if the Browns win the AFC championship at any given time, whether it's this year or 10 years from they now. They might have a parade after that and in I'm, between. Why? Why? If you why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit Cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum. Minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. 
Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The AFC Championship and the Super Bowl, that might fine, be a parade. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you from my personal thing, I'm going to tell you guys all this. I do my best. I've, I've, I've never flat out lied. I've lied to myself in my emotions on the air, but I've never lied to you. Whatever I've said at that time is what I've absolutely thought. And I could say that with a stone cold straight face and you can bring me a stack of Bibles and whatever, whatever test you want to give me. At that moment, I believed exactly what I said. I ended up being wrong or I ended up lying to myself because I'm too emotional of a boy. That would be a day where we would come in the day after, after the Browns won the AFC Championship game, going to the Super Bowl. I'm telling you guys this right now. If I'm still on the air, I will sit there and I will do Super Bowl Super Browns and I will act excited and I will be terrified. <laughs> I will be terrified the next two weeks. Clip this and save it. I will be absolutely positively mortified 37 over years the next from two now. weeks because I've never seen anything. My dad's a Dolphins fan. I've never seen the Dolphins in the Super Bowl. I've never seen the Browns in the Super Bowl. I sat there with my uncle. My uncle was a Cowboys fan, so I watched all three Cowboys Super Bowls with my uncle. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm kind of happy for him, but I don't care. Like, I've never really been with anybody who's felt that emotion. Like, uh, the Cavs winning the championship, that was exceptional. The, the Ohio State winning the championship in 2002, by the time they won it again, I really wasn't a fan anymore. But in 2002, that was amazing. But th- to have that moment, I remember it was, they were such an underdog for the Ohio State one that I was like, well, whatever happens, happens. It's been a nice year. And then when they got close and they could win it, like that's when your heart started pounding out of your chest. But the lead up to it was like, oh, we'll see how it goes. This, it's it's something I've never been to. It's something I've always dreamed of. I don't think I could physically take losing in the Super Bowl. I certainly couldn't do it emotionally. I don't know what I would do the Monday after the Super Bowl on the air if they lost it. Two one six four seven four to below 92. Would you even want the Browns in the Super Bowl if you knew that they were going to lose? Jason says yes, I say no. Absolutely. We'll get to you guys. 216-474-0092. And the worst thing you can call a player or a team. Coming up next on The Fan. Two-second trivia, 745. You're going to want to play. You're going to want to win a fabulous prize. I have 7,468 sheets of paper in front of me, and none of them are what we're doing at this. What? So I like just listening to hear what we're doing next. Because what are you talking I mean, you don't. But you don't write anything down. You, this is a total half-assed effort by you. I, That's you, not true. Yes, it is. I You've was here at 548. You celebrated. I was here at 548. Yeah, 10 minutes earlier than what you usually are. That's right. Got here early today. But you're just a piece of work, aren't you? 216474 to below 92. Before we move on, would you want to go to the Would you want your team to go to the Super Bowl if you knew they'd lose? I got a lot of people getting in saying that they it's well, Ken, it's how they lose. I can't guarantee how they lose. I can't tell you how they lose. Yeah, what difference does that make? They lose, they lose. They lose by fifty, they oh, lose at the goal line. Oh, I I think Scott Norwood would disagree. I mean Jose Mesa would certainly disagree. I think Jose Mesa would disagree. I think Kevin Dyson would disagree. What his fault. Um was it was that Mike Jones who made that tackle? That was a hell of a tackle by but him. As a fan, you're still losing. Yes. And if I knew the Browns were going to lose, I don't want to be in it. Yeah, but if you're if you're down 28 at the half, you've definitely changed your mood. There's, yeah. There are mood enhancers for that. That's a good point. That's a very good point. 
Like, I, I mean, you could be loaded anyway if you really wanted to, but at the time, it's like, well, I got nothing else left to do but this bottle. But what, was, what if you're down 28 to 3? We talked and about... And then come back. Yeah, that's true. And you the, black out and don't remember it. Those fans didn't think they were coming back at that time. There wasn't a chance in hell. Uh, I, I you, you look at the 80s Browns. They don't pay for drinks in town. They're beloved. Everybody loves Ernest Biner. Everybody loves all those guys. And it's like they didn't go to a Super Bowl. Everybody knew they played their ass off. They were great. They didn't go to a Super Bowl. I don't. If I'm going to lose, I don't need to go to a Super Bowl. Ernest Biner's beloved. Would Jose Mesa be cheered if he returned to Cleveland? Uh, no. No, I agree. And Jose Mesa was in game. It, it, I mean, I don't want to ask this about about Ernest Biner, but if he did in a Super Bowl, I think it would still be different. I, I think it would if be it a was little in bit the different. Super Bowl. I think that Ernest. I think in that moment. You know, Ernest Biner has has shown so much humanity. I think that people would go, okay. Yeah. I think it would probably be the same, but I think that for a while, like it seemed to be when I was a kid, like there was no, I didn't hear any nastiness about Ernest Biner when I was a kid. It seemed to be basically from the moment, like man, he did the best he could, and that's it. Now maybe you're older than me, and you know I'm from Canton, you're from here, yeah. so there's a little bit of a difference. I so, mean, they, he was traded because of that, basically. They traded for Mike Oliphant because of that play. Great trade, huh? Yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, like that's that's part of it where I think a lot of people were like, okay, and then he did win a, a Super Bowl later with the with Washington, if I'm not mistaken. So, but I I do think a lot of people were kind of like, well, he did his best, and it's just it's one of them things that had happened. He didn't mean to do it for crying out loud. And I don't think I could try to say the same thing for Jose Mesa. Like yeah, I don't think tried. Jose Mesa means. I didn't try to say the same thing for Jose Mesa. Yes, when I was in here before, you gave me that. Well, he, it's not like he tried to lose. It's, he did his best. It's not like he tried to lose. Yeah, but I'm not saying that people... I, I, I knew going into that 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 was not going to be a win by me. Okay. I, I'm not trying to win that argument. I know I'm going to lose that argument. That's right. an emotional response. And again, Ernest Biner has been here numerous times. People like Ernest Biner. Like, Jose Mesa basically, it feels like he just lost that, and that was it. Yep. And we never saw him again. I went to the guard, the Indians game at that time, the day after Jose Mesa got traded. There were people like, thank you, John Hart signs out there. Like, they couldn't stand him. That, that night is the most gutted I ever have been in my life. Because I love baseball more than any sport. I was an Indians fan before I was anything else in life. I could tell you the entire 25-man roster when I was nine years old Go ahead. of that team. I don't remember it now. Okay. But, I, I and I was in college. I was at Kent. And I blew off the entire fall quarter in 97 just for the World Series. I never went to class. Explains a lot. Yeah, right? I've never been as devastated as I was when they lost that series in 97. That's why I don't don't think I would want to be in the Super Bowl if I knew they were going to lose. Like I told you, I will be a basket case for the two weeks leading up to it if the Browns win the AFC Championship at some point in our future and our lives. Well, then what? what is the point of all of this if you can't enjoy it? I won't be able to enjoy it. Then There's going to the be point? No, There will be no enjoyment because I want to see the Browns win. I'll enjoy after if they win. <laughs> I will enjoy after if they win. But the, but the two weeks leading up to it, I will be a basket case. I, what, what's the, what's wrong with that? What, am I am I, I am I, I not allowed to admit that? I can admit you that. You can admit whatever I you want. I bet there's a lot of people who would feel the same way. I just don't understand what's the why why even subject yourself to it if you can't even enjoy a victory Wouldn't if you're you, going to be miserable after oh, a win. No, I'm not going to be miserable after a win. You I just will be, said oh, that. No, no, I didn't. I said I'd be excited after. Are you talking about a Super Bowl? Yeah. Well, no. I, no. I mean, if they win the AFC Championship, you're going to dread it. I'm not. No, I'm not going to be dreading it. I'll be terrified. I'm not going to be a downer. I will be terrified. That's the way I'm going to be. 
after I Super mean, Jason, Bowl, he did this before the wild card game this year with the Texans, where he, I don't, it wasn't immediately after, but by Tuesday on the podcast, yep. he started telling us, I've got a knot in got my, my knots in the stomach. And then he got up to five different knots, Jason, five. <laughs> I had five. Now, there's a lot of times where that happens, and I just don't tell anybody during the week. But it, because they won so many games, like now I have to expect them to win. Because before, you'd get this sweet breath of life as a victory, and you couldn't believe it. And you're like, all right, next week's finally going to be great. But by Thursday, I'm going, man, am I going to have to go out there and get beat on Monday again because this team can't get the job done? So if I do that during the regular season, guys, I'm just telling you the truth. So If, if they- the Browns go to the Super Bowl for the two weeks leading up to it, I will just be, I will not sleep. I will be nervous. I will be a basket case the entire time. So if they win their divisional round to get to the AFC title game, are you I will be nervous. That way? I will be nervous. The further on they go, the more nervous I get. They got to the Super Bowl. I was, or excuse me, they got to the playoffs this year, and I was excited. And I set the chair on fire out in the backyard, which I didn't get the whole thing, but it's now it's, it was too cold to, to finish the job. Now I'm gonna have to finish the job this week, maybe. But I set the chair on fire in the backyard, and then when I woke up the next morning, we did the show. And by the time the show was over, I I did start to I could see the tide turning. And then by Tuesday, when I talked to Tone, that was when I got the first knot in my stomach. If they get to the divisional round, I'll be nervous because now you we talk about this all the time about how their their window is not as wide open as we all think. That's right. They're they're an old. Look, Zach was with us. He goes, well, it's an older roster than what you think. Miles is going into year eight and the whole deal. And I'm going, okay. Now there's more pressure. Like if Miles was in year two and and they're so young and plucky, I know I can't take it for granted. You never know when you're going to get back. So I'd still be nervous. But this is the time where it's like, man, you got to nail this thing down. Yeah. Or you don't know if you're ever going to be able to do it again. So I think the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, I would just be a a basket case of emotion. Uh, I would probably fly off the handle a lot. I think I'd be, I'd snap at a lot of people. I'd be very nervous. Be very nervous about this whole ordeal. Find a new line of work if you can't enjoy the good. That's as good as it gets. No, I, want them, as to good as it I gets. want them to win. I'm not going to sit there and enjoy something that they haven't got yet. I hope that the fans do, but I'm not going to do it just yet. I want them to win, and I think a lot of people would probably sympathize with that or empathize with that, I should say. I bet a lot of people feel the same That's way. That's the epitome of living in your fears right there. 216-474-0092. I just care about things, and you don't care about them. That's why you put your feet up on the desk. I'm dead inside. What's the worst? I have not done that one time yet. What's the worst thing you can call a player or a team? Soft. Are the Cavs still soft? Are they still soft in the eyes of the rest of the NBA? Is that a question I asked Sham Sharanya at 820? Uh, I don't care what you ask him. I don't I, – I, I'll tell you what. I think the rest of the league respects and I would even say fears this team a lot more than they did last year. Why is that? Because they've got – they play like everybody else in the NBA now. They don't play like it's 1992. And they've got the shooting that they didn't have last year. And Evan and Jarrett together defensively strikes fear in the heart of a lot of coaches. Like Mike Brown said the other night when the Kings were in town, if you got an open shot, you better shoot it because you may not get another one the rest of the possession. So is, if you're open, pull it. So is there a time, because I think a lot of people, like we, we've we made a big joke about flipping the switch and, and things like that. And again, I, I can't do it if Lyme is not here. So I, I guess we just missed the opportunity for the next week and a half. I, I think a lot of people, though, when we talk about that, they go, well, they got embarrassed in the first round. I'm not doing anything or getting it. Like when people sure. talk about flipping the switch, I think they talk about their own excitement. 
And I think that a lot of people are saying they're not going to get excited until the postseason for Fair. the Cavs. And I think part of that is because of how they lost last year where they, to lose the way they did, it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to, to be embarrassed as you do it. Yep. And they were embarrassed. And I think that takes a very big hit on a proud area that does appreciate toughness the way a, a Midwest team would. I think Cleveland, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, I'll give them that credit. Cincinnati, I don't know much about that. Detroit. Like, I think that they pride themselves on on toughness, being a rigorous sports team, sports fandom. Yeah. And for the Cavs to go down the way they did, I think that that took a serious toll on the psyche of a lot of fans. And I think a lot of people are kind of holding back their emotions because they want to they see the Cavs prove they're tough. And that's fine. I think that's more than fair. That Last year ended in a fart. So if you want to wait and make them prove it to you, that's fine. And plus, I mean, the Browns take up so much oxygen in this town when they're bad. When they're good and going to the playoffs, nothing else matters. So I, I, the random casual Cleveland sports fan, a lot of them probably didn't even check in on the Cavs more than once or twice until January. I think they did last year and the year before. And then the way that they lost in the postseason, I think there was a bit of a checkout going, we made this big deal about the regular season yeah. and then we were gone in a week. Does yeah. this even matter? Yeah, I, I think that's more than fair. And and now, you know, fans are starting to come back around and, and check this team out. They're They're playing really, really well. They're, you know, one of the hottest teams in the league. I don't think they're the best team in the league. I don't think they're going to win a championship this year. But I think that they're going to be in the mix of teams vying to get to the conference finals. They could do that. 216-474-0092. Do you still consider the Cavs soft? Because I don't know how they prove that they're not soft. Without getting in fights and Donovan Mitchell was able to mix it up with Zach Collins. They're not until they get to the playoffs. Exactly. 216-474-0092. Two-second trivia, 745. And... Hell is frozen over. I agree with the man. And no, I'm not talking about Jason Lloyd. Ken Carmen, Jason Lloyd in for Anthony Live on the fan. But you don't care about anything but yourself. Jason Lloyd in for uh, Anthony Live. I'd today care about the tomorrow. rundown if I had one in front of me. You don't. It doesn't matter. You wouldn't do anything with it. You, you'd throw it away. I was going to say something else, but I'd have to dump it. Coming up at 820 this morning, Sham Sharanya is going to join us on the show. He is the NBA insider. Only took you an hour and a half to get it right. I got it right originally, but then you messed me up because you're the one who knows him Always personally. Always somebody else's Sham fault. Sharanya is going to join us at 820. We'll talk to him about the latest machinations with the Cleveland Cavaliers folks. Jason and I never agree with each other, except on one thing coming up here shortly. There's another Cavs writer who uh, <laughs> he just he doesn't ever want to agree with me anymore. I mean, that's just how it goes. Chris Fedor was on overtime with Jonathan Peterlin yesterday. And look at us. Who'd have thunk it? Fedor was on and said people need to stop focusing on Evan Mobley not shooting enough threes. Look, he is one of the premier defensive players in the entire NBA. He is a great weak side defender. He is a great perimeter defender. He can test a ton of shots. He's a great rim protector. He can switch and guard one through five. On the offensive end of the floor, he's a really, really good roller after screening. He um, has gotten better as a passer and a playmaker, playing out of the pocket, playing in the post, playing at the elbow. You see him rebounding and running and pushing the break and making sure that the Cavs continue to play with that kind of pace. Yeah, he needs to develop more of an outside shot as his career goes on. Yeah, he needs to shoot that shot with a little bit more confidence than what you've seen at the beginning of the season from Evan. But like, if you're only focusing on that and saying what he can't do, you're missing all the things that he can do. That's Chris Fedor. Cleveland.com. 
talking to Jonathan Peterlin yesterday. I go, damn it, I can't believe we agree on something. Here we are. Focusing on Evan Mobley shooting threes. Now people need to relax a little bit. Go ahead. Because you were, I mean, you got upset last week when I even had the gall to ask you the question. No, 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 no. I got upset. I, if I could have reached through a cell phone and strangled you, I would have. You have your chance right now. You ain't coming across the table on me. Oh, here he comes. No. That was you some said- Jim Everett stuff you almost pulled on me there. <laughs> now I got to go back and now get, I gotta go chair. get my chair. Here he goes. There's Chris Lloyd. This is good stuff. Oh, good. Forget now, it. I missed it. How much is that leather bag you have hanging on there? Would you just worry about uh, yourself over there? Congratulations on all your success. There you no, go. You, I, I wanted to strangle Minus you because you said it was a nonsensical I thought it was nonsensical. I did think it was nonsensical conversation, and actually I still do. The only reason I didn't fight you back on is because I had to use the bathroom during that interview, so I walked out of the room, and, and Lima had to finish it up. There you go. You happy now? You're ridiculous. Now, 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 I'll finish no, the, every- now that everything's cleared up. I can fight you on the thing now because Every, I don't think th- I think we're wasting our time if you want Evan Mobley shooting a bunch of threes. Well, since you were sitting on the toilet and didn't hear what I said, I didn't say what I was doing. I'll in repeat the bathroom. what I said. You assumed. I'll repeat what I said while you were sitting on the toilet. I, the Cavs might have been around a toilet seat, but I can't say I was sitting there. By Go the ahead. way, I agree with everything Chris said up until that point. I agree with everything he said. All that is true, but the Cavs remade their entire style of the way that they played while Darius and Evan were out. They went to this one in, four out, four shooters around one big style that if you're going to play Jared and Evan together, if you want to continue playing that style, okay, mm-hmm. and you want to play Jared and Evan together when all the minutes restrictions are lifted, one of two things has to happen. What? Evan has to be on the perimeter taking and making threes, or you can't play that style anymore. And that style's been really, really good. That's why they're 19 and four. In their last 23 games. Yeah, they haven't had that style. And listen, I'm not trying to bag on them here, but they haven't had that style because they've also played a lot of terrible basketball teams. They've well, played a lot of terrible basketball teams. Are the Kings terrible? Because they absolutely they, cooked they the cook, Kings the And I night. didn't take that away, but most of the teams they've played have been terrible. And now I'm asking you questions. I'm not trying to make point and, counterpoint just yet. And, I will tell you when. Oh, is that so? I will so? tell you when. The Kings do not fit. Th- they've played some bad teams. Yeah, you can only play the teams that are on your schedule. They've shot the ball incredibly well at an incredibly high clip. Now, can they sustain that? I mean, this is the point last year, by the way, where we went to war over Dean Wade, if you remember that. Because this is when they got rid of Kevin. Did I go to war with you over yes. Dean Wade? Yes. Yes. I would not. In the playoffs. Oh. Because I said they got rid of Kevin because they wanted to play Dean Wade more, and that's why Kevin left, because they were ready to play Dean. They were ready to give Dean those minutes. And you and Anthony I'd went nuts. I'd rather play nuts. Dean Kane than Dean Wade. Dean Wade's looked pretty good so far this year. Okay, great. For the role that they are asking him to play, which is the role they wanted him to play. Not much of a role. Well, that's all they needed out of him. That's all they were trying to get out of him last year. Up to this point, he's been exactly what they need from him. Now, is he going to fall off a cliff again like he did last year? I don't know. But to this point, he's been pretty good. Is that stretch big? You don't need Evan shooting six, seven, eight threes a night. That's not what you need. But three would be nice. That's all. And this is what I said while you're sitting on the toilet. See, this is in where 2014, you, uh, 2015, I, no, I remember, I and hear, 2016. You have audio in there. I could hear everything you were saying. I just disagreed with all of it, but I couldn't fire back at you. Well, fire back. Why is that wrong? Because the way you guys make it out to be is that you guys want him to hoist seven or eight times a game. Not what I said. I just said I didn't if want sh- that. Okay, so he shoots one time instead of three times. That's 33 point whatever percent underneath. I'm not trying to do Steiner math. I'm trying to tell you the truth here. I mean, I, I, I have a guy who you all tell me he's meek. Is he or is he not meek? Do you or do you not need him to be more aggressive? Answer those questions. Yes, he needs okay, to be more aggressive. So you need him to be more aggressive. So that means if he's meek and he needs to be more aggressive, what am I immediately going to think? I think that he probably battles confidence issues. 
Is that not reasonable to think? Is that not reasonable to wonder? I can't assign it, well, but is it not reasonable to question? If you would have read I what I reasonable. wrote, I put in there, I think he has a confidence problem. So he has a confidence problem, so the way to address that is to force him out on the perimeter and take shots he's not really used to taking. Well, gee, he tried it the other night, and he made three of them. How about that? Against the San Antonio so Spurs! So what? The, they don't make the basket How bigger because the team— Sacramento? They don't make the basket bigger because the team you're playing sucks. Yeah, but it does, it's the same size it does basket. Your, it does change your confidence when the team no, you're playing sucks. No, it doesn't. Oh, don't give me that. How many teams came in here? It's and a regular the season the game versus a regular season game where the pressure goes up is when it's the playoffs. That's when the pressure goes up. So you want him to shoot that an many threes shot, against the Knicks in the playoffs, or the, shot, or, the or, or the Boston Celtics in the playoffs? I want him to is that take. What you really want? I want him to take a hundred three pointers between now and the end of the season. That's about three a game that's not a lot what i'm saying is you Lord. can't you by the way you what? know who agrees with me jb freaking bickerstaff the coach of the team the who sat on the podium out, the fans would have ran out of the city a month ago and how about him now Congre- i didn't call for him to be fired but just because jb bickerstaff sat agrees on the with podium you, and, and said way, when he's open oh, he needs wow. to take those I, shots i just want to point out for everybody it's Jason's carrying more water for another professional oh coach. My God. Boy, the Culligan man is back. Oh I'm my really God. surprised about this. Okay, what did I tell you last year during the playoffs about JB? What did I tell you? I don't remember. I what tried do not to you listen expect to him you. to do? They don't have any shooting. Give him some shooting and then evaluate him. So the oh way to get the God. shooting is to take the guy who's not They've confident enough some to shoot and make him a shooter. And he doesn't look like such a terrible coach. He now does, does he? I didn't say he was a terrible he coach. He can't make the shots for him. But if you're telling me that JB Bickerstaff agrees with you, half the people again wanted him ran out of here. I don't know if that's the Kevin Stefanski ran out of here, too, and he's about to win his second Coach of the Year award yeah, in four years. Yeah, now everybody's questioned how much power he has over his own staff. Is it still a Culligan man when he's about to win his second Coach of the Year in four years? Or I maybe, Do you want to maybe talk about- I was right okay. again. Would you take Kevin Stefanski over either of the coaches that are in the Super Bowl? How many coaches in the playoffs would you take Kevin Stefanski over? I don't know. Over? Give me the list. I'm talking about the listeners. I'm not even talking about you. I know you'd take Kevin Stefanski probably over your own children. That's not But true. I think that for the other coaches out there, hey, you win Coach of the Year, that's great. But when I have all these other things that are thrown out there and I got to stick to the I got to stick to the Cavs here but when you throw all these other things out there and people are questioning whether or not he has power over his own staff then people are going to get all worked up all right back to the Cavs we'll get to that Kevin Stefanski thing later on write it down but when it comes to the Cavaliers oh, you're flying out of his JP Bickerstaff is some sort of an argument that he agrees with you I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing because if you're telling me a guy has questions about his own confidence I'm going to put him in an uncomfortable position all the time because you know don't act stupid, you know, and that's a tough word. I take that back. I retract that. Don't act silly on me and say that there's no difference between the San Antonio Spurs and the Sacramento an Kings. Open he only took shot one. is he an took open one. shot. He took one against the Kings, and that's where I want him to take more. Now he doesn't have to take five a night because if he's playing by if if Jared's not next to him, if he's the only one out there with Actually, four shooters around him, he could be inside. He doesn't need to be on the perimeter. That's where I disagree. I don't want him to be too choosy. If we're gonna sit here and develop him. Because of the way this thing looks, Chris Middleton just got hurt again last night as Kevin Durant landed on his foot. So now I don't know what the Bucks are really going to be. And I, I was the one just yesterday going, ah, you know, I don't want to count the Bucks out. Where Danny disagreed and maybe Danny gets the win on there. Even though I was, I didn't necessarily fight him on that. No, I would not count the Bucks out. But I, I, I still look at Chris Middleton who got banged up last night. I still see the Boston Celtics there. I got teams that I, I think I could compete with all of a sudden. I could be a two-seed in the Eastern Conference. Like, all of a sudden, I got asked the question yesterday – at TV, hey, like, could they make a run? Do we have to change our plans for the postseason stuff and the coverage? Like, that was a question legitimately asked me. And I went, damn it, you know, 
in the Eastern Conference? Like, they go, could they make the finals? I go, I think they could make the Eastern Conference finals. Yes, for they sure. can make the Eastern Conference finals. So now I have to think if I really want this to be done, now that we, we've taken all the hot air out of the room, if I really want this to be done, if you really want to force the issue it's with, you? with Evan Mobley, then yeah, take five to eight because I need you to find your spots on the floor. So force CSU if you want to do it so it's easier for him in the postseason to find the spots on the floor no, that it's, he's good from. Th- you don't need to force five to eight. What I started to say before you so rudely cut me off, go back to 2014, 15, 16, Draymond. That's, okay. what, that's, that's what you need from Evan. Three or four a game. That's all. Three or four a game. And he'll get those opportunities. But not when he's playing next to Jarrett. When he's, playing, when he's not playing next to Jarrett, when he's the center – he doesn't have to be on the perimeter. But if you want to continue, this isn't hard logic to follow. If you want to continue playing the style of basketball that has taken them to one of the best teams in the East and one of the hottest teams in the East of one in and four out, four shooters surrounding one big, he has to be one of the four. It can't be three and two because then that clogs the floor and it takes away driving lanes. I can't believe I agree for with For Donovan and Darius. Two one six four seven four to below 90. Well, then you're going to go back to your old style of play when they were a 500 team. I'm not trying to just go, just go back to the old style of play, but if you're giving me three, I'm going, well, wait a minute. Let's go full bore with this and force feed him. I trust Donovan Mitchell. I do trust Darius Garland, even though a lot of other people seem to not do. Do children I have certainly... confidence the first time they get on a bike? No. 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 How do they get that confidence? By pedaling. Yeah, but I don't, he can make threes. But I don't. He can make threes. I he son, proved it the other night. And he my can son make could threes. ride a bike, but when he first went to ride a bike, I didn't just go, "Okay, we're going to go out for two minutes and walk back in." No, we're going to do well, this until what? you learn he's how to do it. He's not a rookie. He's in his third year now. But you're still telling me he lacks confidence because he's still 21 years old, so he's still the age of what used to be a rookie. Like I still have to find his role out there on the floor. And he's coming back from a knee injury. Well, now. he had a lot of confidence against the Spurs, now did he? And don't tell oh me that it's the God, bad team. Against a That's trash re- basketball it's team. ridiculous. He's so playing Wembyama. You don't think, wait a minute here. It doesn't matter. Do you not think that players have a little bit more confidence against terrible teams when they play them? I think an open shot is an open shot is an open shot. And an open shot against the Kings, against the Warriors, against the Celtics, against the Spurs is still an open shot. The pressure, the real pressure comes when it's May. So you really that's don't when believe, it comes. I, everybody knows that, but that's not answering my question. You yes, don't think is. he had a little bit more confidence against a terrible San Antonio Spurs team than he would against a playoff no. team like Sacramento? No. I Especially totally on the disagree. road. I totally 100% on the road. disagree. And a, there was re- nobody in the seats. So what? It's an arena you're not comfortable with. It's an empty building. It's his third time ever in that arena. It's a, They make one trip a year there. It was his third time ever playing okay. in that arena. Okay. It's not so like it's a home game so where he's there 81 nights a year. So he the lacks confidence. Is, anyone, anyone who's actually played in the league and anyone who's actually, you know, covered the league will tell you. Oh, now you're pulling right. Yeah, I am. Okay, that's interesting. I am. There we go. A- anyone who's ever covered the league will tell you that every arena is different. The floors are different. The lights are different. The rims bounce differently. Tell me more. Everything is different. Tell me more. I Talk just down did. to me more. I just did. I feel Didn't like everybody just used earlier in the argument that the hoops are the same. There was a the t- same yes. diameter. Yes, exactly. They are now the same size. He doesn't different. even know what he's arguing anymore. No, that's not true. Uh, taking threes or taking threes. Yes, exactly. Now all of a sudden everything's different. Now all of a sudden two different things. I, I didn't understand this. The, everywhere in the NBA is the same except for San Antonio. It's a madhouse no. every time you walk no. into the well, place. Because the river's right there. Anywhere, anytime. I've never been there. You know better. I remember it. If you are playing on the road, it's different than playing at home. It's different. How does that? Why but is that? You just said it was the same. The hoops are the you same size. The same. I was saying the hoops are the same size. You just said it was the same. But they bounce differently. You just said. They do. Every rim is different. <laughs> they do actually do bounce differently. 
And you do know that. Yes. Right? But you guys are the ones playing just stupid now. said it was the same. And then he goes, it was the same. Are, no, no, it was the same no, size. The no, rims are the same size because you're making more. it sound like when tell the teams suck, when the teams suck, okay. the baskets are bigger. 216-474-0092. We got Sham Sharanya joining us at 820 this morning. We go around Super Bowl 58 at 8 o'clock. Coming up I'll have next, to trust you on that because I don't chance, have a rundown in front of your me. Your chance to win a four-pack of combo meals from Mr. Hero. They are going to be fantastic. You're going to love them, but you have to win two-second trivia. 216-474-0092. Your chance to be eating Mr. Hero. 216-474-0092. Two-second trivia. It's Ken Carmen and Dr. James Naismith in for Anthony Lima live on The Fan. You have two seconds and only two seconds to win. This is Two Second Trivia. And it's your chance to win fabulous Roman burgers or, you know, whatever you really want. It's a four-pack of combo meals from the wonderful people at Mr. Hero. I crave the hero. But you have to win two-second trivia. 216-474-0092. We have Red Arrowback in for Anthony Lima this morning. I'm busy working over here. There are here. a lot of people who said you, there's people who do agree with you, but there's plenty of people who go, you make no sense at all. Well, then they're not listening very closely. I didn't uh, get just San Antonio, the pandemonium palace with nobody in there on a terrible basketball team. Stop. It's time for two-second trivia. So those don't count, right? Those what? don't count? No, you might as well not even play games there. They count. It doesn't even count as a win. It's not even – it should be a half a win. They should play it's it, San Antonio. If they played it's in the Alamo Dome, I would have counted it full. It's a half a win. You ready to play two-second trivia? I don't know what you're going to do during this. Drink do you my have coffee the, do you have the questions in front of you? Hopefully no, I don't have anything in front of me. Hopefully it's not messed with that, that freaking microphone morning. anymore because he keeps – Yeah, stop hitting on. the microphone. Well, it's moving on You me. sound like an episode of Cops. What are you doing? I like you got a job as a Foley artist, but the only thing you do is move things in a shelf. Here we go. Cavs are really 31 and a half and 16. They're that not 32 and 16. Okay. Well, you know. They're 31, and, uh, they're 31 and a half and 16. Adam and Willoughby, are you ready to play two-second trivia? Good morning. I'm ready. Okay. Well, I was going to say Lima, take it away, but Lima's not here. And I don't have any questions. I mean, I can make something up. Just tell me to take it away. Take it away, you big... Doofus. Adam, question the first. What is Lima's cat's name? Oh, crap. Argyle. <laughs> Incorrect. Ray and Akron. Ray, good morning. Uh, good morning, Ken. Are you ready to play two-second trivia? Mm, Ken, take it away. <laughs> I don't even need to be here. I should give him the first one just because that. All right, here we go. What did Lyman name his son? Mason. Ray is in the barn. Give it to me. Give it to me again. We don't do that. Here we go. What kind of car does Jason Lloyd eat his breakfast in? Mercedes. Oh, my God. He got it right. Oh, my God. He got it right. He's eating Mr. Hero. Ray, you won. What kind of car will you be eating Mr. Hero in, Ray? <laughs> mm, I'm going to be eating a combo in Mr. Hero's car. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Ray, stay on hold. I can't believe it. I cannot believe we got on the second one. Congratulations. You're eating Mr. Hero. 
Ray and Akron, go ahead and pick that up. Well, I guess we can get back to our big well, now fight. Now you two can yell at each other again. <laughs> I can't believe that. I was sitting there going over all these questions. I had a lot of good ones too. Do it again. I, wish I didn't saw know. You we don't have anything else to give away. Before the show about. I've got to do everything around well, here. Egg. I've got to prepare for this two-second trivia. Well, you asked three questions. Way to go, Ken. I didn't mean to do that. Do you want me to walk across the street and buy a breakfast sandwich and we'll give it away to... For me? No, we'll just give it away as a prize. So do it we again. can't do that legally. We can't do yeah, that. Yeah, you, you can't do hear that. that. That is illegal that stuff, man. not happen. You can't just right. do that. Well, why you not? You'll lose the title on that car if you keep doing this. <laughs> this is why you don't ask me Tom in. Tom Herschel will unhinge his jaw and swallow you whole. <laughs> Like a python. You're the ones who keep asking me back. It is fun. There is one thing we agree on, and I don't know when to get it out of the box here. Now, Jason and I just had, did have a knockdown drag out. I want people to think about this because we got Sean Sharanya joining us at 820. We will ask him about, uh, about the machinations with the Cavs and could they be movers here over the next 36 hours or so, 48 hours. Let's throw that in there. What the hell? Uh, before the trade deadline coming up tomorrow. Uh, because it seems that you know Jason had written that he doesn't want to make a move with the Cavs. He no, thinks, I wrote that I, they're not going to make a move. Well, uh, or do you believe they should? Oh, no. see, I, I thought you said that they shouldn't. No, I it was well, your. I thought that was your opinion. I beg your well, pardon. Again, you said reading comprehension isn't your strength. No, I said I that was they're very good in reading. There, you've told me before that's not so. They are not going to make a move, nor do I think that they should. Just to clear it up. Okay. That actually I agree with you on. There's Finally. one other thing I agree with you on that I can't believe we have to bring back later because Mitch said something that I almost just threw my head in an oven over because of what he said about Donovan Mitchell for crying out loud. Um, I've actually changed my uh, – before the season started, I was anything I could do to get rid of Isaac Okoro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of that, I ain't going to lie, part of that was probably a personal vendetta against somebody who liked him. However um, – it, I just felt like, hey, this is kind of overdrafted. It, this isn't working. It's, it is what it is. But as the season's opened up, like I, Joel Embiid's out for four weeks. Uh, again, Chris Middleton gets banged up. Uh, he hasn't played very well be- before that, obviously. Uh, I, I think the Bucks are still not a team I'm going to go to bet on. The, the Boston Celtics are out there lurking. But I think you got a really nice shot at the Eastern Conference Finals all of a sudden. And I think I need defense, and I'd like to see Isaac Okoro play some defense. His shot has gotten a little bit better, and I do think that some people have overrated it. Uh, there's been the whole Max Struess argument day in and day out with Anthony, but somehow the advanced metrics, they show, even though his shot has not been what people wanted it to be, their offense is better with, with yes. Max Struess out on the floor. So yes. while I think a lot of fans are starting to go, what the hell are we doing with this guy? It, it's clear that NBA defenses do respect his ability and he's opening up opportunities for other people on the floor. That all said, I, I think because of that, I think I agree with you. I'd rather just stand Pat coming up by tomorrow. Yeah, Isaac, if you want to talk specifically about Isaac, he has improved his shot. I think he's up to 39% on catch and shoots. He's gotten better, yes. Now, the question is, do other teams agree? And the answer to that is no. Like, they're still not going to guard him. In the playoffs, I've I've started poking around on that. I started asking a couple of opposing coaches, like, "Hey, how would you guard this team?" Well, and honestly, I know that we were screaming at each other, but that was my whole thing with Evan Mobley. It's like, "Hey, I get your point of bringing guys out from the block, and I don't want to exacerbate anything. We can do that later." Yeah, 
my whole thing is I get trying to bring bigs out from the block, but if I don't respect your shot from out there, I'll just let you shoot it from out there if you really want to. And if you make it, there's three points. And I get that, but that's why it's like let's why if we're trying to develop him, then why settle for two or three? Let's go for let's go for broke in these games because now you're going to make the playoffs no matter what. And it looks like you could end up being with the injuries there. You could end up being a two or a three seed no matter what anyway. Yeah, you could. Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. We'll talk about all that later. And there's something else that, that almost said Lima. There's something else that Jason and I vehemently agree on that we were shocked from what we were hearing from Danny and a couple other people around there. That's coming up later in the show. Sham Sharanya at 8:20, and around Super Bowl 58, we go to Kansas City, we go to San Francisco, and we go to Vegas and hear from Josh Applepon from V Sin coming up next on the fan. Super Bowl 58 coming up on Sunday, as if you didn't know, and you can hear it live here on Westwood One. You're home for Super Bowl 58, 92.3 The Fan. And we get ready for it as we go around Super Bowl 58, and we go first to Kansas City. And Jay Binkley, 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. Jay, is this becoming old hat to fans? Have you spent time this week reminding fans that this doesn't happen often? Yeah, trying to. You know, this is uh, this is something that I spent my whole lifetime uh, not being able to enjoy, and I still remember uh, 21 straight years of not winning a playoff game. So, it's uh, take the fortune for what it is, but this is not uh, typical life. I know a lot of people might want to ask you about Patrick Mahomes, but I got to ask you about Kadarius Tony. How big of a distraction is he? I don't think it's much of a distraction at all. I mean, it's if he was more of a part of the team and, and did a lot more, I think people just kind of accept it for what it is. But I really don't think it's a, a, a big problem for the team. I mean, he wasn't that productive for the Chiefs anyway, so it's not like a guy that have, you know, 700 yards, 800 yards or whatever and been a big part of what this team is. As a matter of fact, he's cost this team personally a couple games. Were the Chiefs just bored October, November, and December? How could they go from what they look like and everyone's wondering what's wrong with the Chiefs to being back in the well, Super Bowl? It's kind of like it's been that way the last couple of years. Um, I know they built the record up and stuff, but if you go back even the last couple of years, there's, you know, the national media is talking about, well, I don't think they have it anymore. I think the Chargers are going to win the division. I don't think they got it. And they kind of go through these lulls where, where defenses kind of figure things out and slow the Chiefs down. Then Andy Reid will come up with something and come right back at teams. But I don't think people are paying attention to just how good this defense was. This defense in Kansas City uh, was really, really good. And I know that uh, the Ravens got a lot of credit for their defense. And I know that people are talking about San Francisco's defense. But Kansas City's defense is better than San Francisco's in almost every category. But they're not getting the credit for it. Seems Joe Tooney won't be able to play on Sunday. How do they replace him on the offensive line? Well, they had Nick Allegretti uh, playing last week. And he, he stepped in fine. He was one of those deals. I mean, anytime you're stepping in for a first-team All-Pro it's tough, especially uh, protecting uh, Patrick Mahomes. But, uh, you know, the guy stepped up. And Nick Allegretti is, is, moves around from center to guard, one of those versatile players Andy Reid likes in the line. So 
I think they'll be okay. They're okay in Baltimore. I think they're going to be okay against uh, the 49ers. Jay Binkley with the 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. I think Kansas City's kind of an underrated town. Been there, a lot of fun. And, you know, five, six years ago, you were America's darlings. And now it <laughs> seems that there's people who uh, really are tired of seeing the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you guys feel like the bad guy? Oh, yeah. You feel like the villain in Kansas City. It's it switched. We saw it with the Royals there a little bit, too. In 14, everybody liked them. In 15, uh, they were kind of tired of what the Royals were, and the Chiefs have gotten that way too. But that's okay though, because that's the way New England was. Kansas City was always looking at the Patriots. They drafted to beat the Patriots. They went on and hired Steve Spagnuolo to to beat the Patriots, and that's the team they focused on and they worried on. And everybody kind of needs that. But yeah, the Chiefs have become uh, Chiefs have become the uh, the villain of the National Football League. But I guess everybody needs one. It, kind of along those lines, is Mahomes this generation's Jordan? Because it feels like he can just go there as long as he wants. Well, probably so. I mean, you just got that drive. And just the fact that, you know, you're six years as a starter and six years in the AFC title game. And I think people forget how close they were going in um, that first year against Tom Brady and the Patriots. And they went to the AFC title game, his first one. That game went to overtime, and it had those old rules. All the rules that people said the Chiefs got changed wasn't the case because Tom Brady got the ball first in overtime and won the game. And I think people forget that chiefs tried to change the rule, but they didn't want it until Josh Allen. And it happened to the bills a couple years later. Did they change the rule, but it actually happened to Kansas city against Tom Brady. They were off sides away from being in that super bowl. And of course their other uh, loss to the Bengals in overtime as well. So it's just amazing what he's doing. And the fact that he had to sit, on the bench the first year, and they had to watch that every day in practice, uh, knowing full well that uh, the next year he steps out there and is MVP of the National Football League. It had to have been tough. Do you put Patrick Mahomes ahead of Joe Montana if the Chiefs win on Sunday? Uh, because of his age, I start to think, and, you know, it was an all-around good team in Frisco, but if he wins this one, three or four, I think you got to start making the case. I mean, I always – I go by rings, and, you know, Joe's got four. But if he wins this one, and before he's 30 years old, he's only quarterback to start in four Super Bowls being under uh, 30 years old. So if he gets this one, I think it's time to start uh, – I think it's time to start looking at that. Is Sunday Andy Reid's last game? Not even close. Not even close. I know that Mike Florio had started this Andy Reid's retiring, but the ownership uh, – he, he's happy with Mahomes. He's 65 years old. I don't think he's as old as – as people think he is. He's not uh, in his 70s. Um, he's having the time. He loves it. I mean, he loves going to work every day. He's coming up with plays because he can have Patrick Mahomes. So you have an owner like this. You've got a quarterback like that. Why would he want to retire? But uh, I'm fully expecting him uh, to be here for a couple more years. It's not all around the possibility that he could run down. He could, he could really run up that coach's list on the all-time wins. I was looking at it. I'm looking yeah. at it now. He's 70 behind Shula. Like, run the numbers with Mahomes there. If he wants to coach to 71-72, he could get there. Do you think that's on his mind at all? Well, he's, he's, he's number four all-time in, in coaching wins, but he's number two in postseason wins. He's only behind Bill Belichick. He's got like 25 postseason wins, and Belichick's got 31. Wow. So he's closing in on Belichick for postseason wins. Um, so, yeah, there's the all-around uh, coaching uh, victory list. But, uh, yeah, he's really closing in on postseason. He sits right now number two all-time, which a lot of people don't realize, but uh, only Belichick's in front of him, and, and even that's in jeopardy. Do people in Kansas City support the love of Travis Kelsey and Taylor <laughs> Swift? <laughs> I don't know. I, 
I, I, I they don't talk about it a ton, which is good. They kind of leave them alone. Um, which at first it was kind of a novelty that it's happening and everybody likes it and things like that. It's not that people don't like it. It's just that they're kind of giving them a space. And I think that's one thing about living in the city is um, they kind of give you your, your, your space to do what you want to do. But I think people in this town have been pretty respectful of the whole deal. Jay Binkley, 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. As the Chiefs get ready for Super Bowl 58, we welcome in Josh Applebaum on the betting side of things from V-CIN. And Josh, uh, I would imagine there's more action on this game because it's in Las Vegas. Am I right? Am I wrong? What are we thinking? You're exactly right. And actually, I'm coming to you live from Las Vegas, so it's, it's early out here. Ooh, it's only oh 5 a.m., but uh, it's really starting to percolate, guys, and uh, I'm excited to talk the game and maybe some props with you today. Have you been to bed yet? Uh, I've gotten a little bit of sleep. I went pretty hard the first couple of days of the radio row rest uh, yesterday, and uh, it's been rainy and, and cold. I'm from Boston, and I was expecting, you know, the heat, the you know, all the all the fun, and the fun's there, but it's uh, it's cold and rainy. It's been kind of weird so far. What's been the prop that people have gotten most involved on already? Well, Travis Kelsey, obviously, with the Taylor Swift mania. I mean, that's a huge one here, and the public usually bets these props later in the week anyway, but still, I think pros like the matchup with Kelsey. Uh, he opened at around 69.5, 70.5 receiving yards. Uh, he's ticking up to around 71. And he's a big game player. Obviously, he's gotten better each week in the postseason. He's gone over that number in all three games. And uh, really, the Ravens game, he was fantastic with over 100 yards receiving. And if you look at him historically in these big games, he really shines. His last 12 postseason games, he's averaged uh, 98.2 uh, receiving yards. So I like him to go over. Uh, 90 uh, over 69 and a half, 70 and a half. You can still get it. And then also guys kind of a weird one, but the longest kickoff return. Uh, I like the under 27 and a half receiving yards. It's really juiced up under uh, we're in a dome. So probably the ball will really travel here. Mostly mm-hmm. touchbacks. Both teams are pretty good in terms of uh, special teams and, and, rec- and uh, kickoff yardage allowed. So uh, remember with props, like the, the pros, they're not, they're not worried about betting an under or a no or laying a minus number, whereas the public, they're going to bet yeses, overs, and try to get plus money. What about receiving touchdowns for Travis Kelsey? Because I think that there's a chance he could break a postseason record if he gets a touchdown on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely in the cards here. I think, uh, you know, one prop that people love to bet is first touchdown score and then anytime touchdown score. So uh, I would look toward the anytime TD. I think it's a a pretty decent number here. It's, it's around even money. It's like minus 110, you know, plus 100. You know, the other thing is shop around when you're betting these props because one book might have, you know, a minus 115. One might have a plus 105. So try to get the best of the number. But, yeah, Kelsey, I mean, there's the same game parlays. There's a lot of ways you can play Kelsey. But I also say, guys, don't overlook George Kittle. Uh, all, all, all the attention here is on Kelsey, deservedly so. But Kittle, I think it's over 46.5, receiving yards. Uh, he was quiet a little bit last week, but he actually uh, lit up the Chiefs uh, when they played the last time. And in the Super Bowl, he went under that number four years ago, but he got called back for a, a pass interference and would have gone way over. So uh, I think both tight ends are in good matchups here. I saw will the power go out is plus 1,600 for a yes. <laughs> and uh, will either kick or hit the upright or crossbar on a missed field goal is plus 400. Where, what's the goofiest, strangest one that you've seen or that can be bet on? Oh, there are some crazy ones here. I mean, to me, those bets are if you want to bet five bucks and give it a shot, go yeah. for it. But those are just fun bets that, you know, maybe you get lucky. Most likely you probably won't. Uh, you can get a lot of plus money for will the game go to overtime? 
Uh, there's a lot of other props. Depends on the jurisdiction, but like uh, Reba McIntyre, guys, the, the the anthem here, I would go under her length of the anthem. You know, that's uh, one that's gotten some smart money. And then also, you know, color of the Gatorade. You know, who will the MVP thank first? Will it be God, his teammates, you know, his, his wife, girlfriend? So there's some interesting ones out there. But um, I think, you know, really do your research and, and, and try to make some money. Don't just, you know, pick the craziest one. Have, have a thought process behind why you're betting something. What if Travis Kelsey wins MVP? <laughs> what is there a prop there of who he thanks first? Uh, I don't, I got to check. I think that would, you know, Taylor Swift would fall under, uh, I think significant other, he better but you know, that it. would break the internet guys. I mean, yeah. that, that, you know, he's going to propose at midfield, uh, you know, when the game ends, we are, all know that, right? are, are there Taylor prop bets out there? There are, uh, I work for DraftKings and, and Beeson as well. And there's a lot of Taylor Swift prop bets, um, including kind of like interesting name ones. Like I'll give you an example. There's one, uh, called the 15, uh, those of you hardcore T-Swift fans, Back when she was country, when she was younger, uh, it was a song off uh, her album Fearless. But you could get Mahomes 15 or more rushing yards combined with 215 or more passing yards. It's minus 140, so you have to risk 140 to win 100. But I think that's a good bet there. Mahomes, uh, his individual passing prop went from 259.5 to 261, and his rushing prop went from 25.5 to 26.5. So you can kind of combine those two uh, and get a a, a short minus number. I think that's one that could definitely hit. Is that maybe to expand demographics here? Like, I assume the gambling is a more male-dominated type of thing. Is, is that maybe to expand it at all? Am I am I being short-sighted? What is it, Josh? No, I think you're exactly right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people, and, and you see on Twitter, like, guys, are, I don't want to see Taylor Swift. People are, like, annoyed by, like, who cares? Like, if you like football, what's the problem? More people yeah. are watching. The NFL loves it. You know, um, to me, it, it, there's really no harm in it. And the NFL, you know, you already have the men anyway. So if you can get women to, you know, watch and, and support the team and maybe get into uh, being more of a fan and maybe betting more, I mean, this is just a win-win overall. So I think it's just there, there are people, you know, thinking that this will be the most watched, most bet on Super Bowl ever. Uh, and and it'll be it might be hard to top moving forward and, and Taylor I think is a big reason why because I had to have that thought I go well if if you said I had no idea what 15 was I had zero I I'm, my head's in the sand I'm sorry and I'm thinking well if they're sitting there with their phones out and they're you know, you know they're putting down live stuff on the game like that's a possibility it's like hey take a look at this and it gets a conversation started it just that it it makes it didn't make sense at first but then when you think about marketing it makes total sense what's the number we're throwing out in terms of total dollars that are going to be gambled on this game? Is there a number? Uh, there actually is a number, man. I actually just saw it uh, a minute ago. Let me show, let me double check here. I want to say it's, people are suggesting, this is from the American Gaming Association, uh, a record 67 million are expected to watch the game and bet, or uh, sorry, a record 67 million Americans will bet 23 billion <laughs> on the Super Bowl. So that, that's Jeez. the projection. And you know what, guys? It may even go over that. $23 billion. That's amazing. Josh. <laughs> yeah, thanks uh, to legalized betting. It's crazy. Josh, Applebaum, V-Sin, everybody on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Fantastic stuff from him, from Jay Binkley, as well as we went around Super Bowl 58. If we all band together, we could buy a franchise. We could buy like 13 of them. Because they're going for what, like $2 billion now? No, that One depends. to $2 billion? That depends. If you're a Midwestern franchise, maybe. If you're the Dallas Cowboys or the New York Giants, probably a little. The Rams, probably a little bit more. Well, we could definitely afford multiple. Yes, you could. 
you could do that. Uh, I, I the prop the under prop. I kind of wanted to ask him like with Reba. Don't you think it would be over? No, because if Reba's singing the national anthem. I mean, we need to know what the number is. What's the number? It's usually like two thirty four or something like that, ain't it? Reba's not one of those big. That's it. Look at my. That's it. Look at my vocal range. Yeah, that's exactly it. She's that's gonna a good just. Point. She's older woman. Reverence she's just gonna get to out the, there to the and Star Spangled Banner and sing it and get off the stage. Can I get her to sing "Fancy" just before it? Probably. Or the night the lights went out in Georgia. Can I get her to do a couple of songs and then do the national anthem? My mom in her younger days yeah. looked a lot like Reba McIntyre. A lot. When she was younger. You trying to tell me I'd be attracted to your mom? God. I take it back. Take that imagery. <laughs> Sean Sharanya. He's going to join us coming up next. We will talk about the Cavaliers and the possibility of them making a move. Ken Carmen. Got to go throw up. Jason Lloyd in for Tone Tony Tone live on the fan. We'll put that up on the shelf because the Cavs are getting ready for the trade deadline. And to talk about it, we welcome in Sham Sharanya, who joins us from The Athletic on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. First off, Shams, how you doing this morning? I'm good, guys. Jay Lloyd, always a pleasure to be reunited. Hope you guys are well. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Shams, obviously a colleague of mine, senior NBA insider for The Athletic and Stadium, also co-host of the Run It Back on FanDuel TV. He is a busy, busy man, so I appreciate you squeezing us in for a few minutes today. Certainly we all do. Uh, do you think, Shams, the Cavs will be active? I, I think they would love to get in the fray on, on – some 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 action, of course. Uh, this deadline definitely seems to be more of a seller's deadline. There's not that many sellers. There's a ton of buyers, um, but the teams that are potentially selling teams like Washington, Charlotte, uh, Brooklyn, um, they're they're just not. You know, obviously the asking prices are through the roof, and at this point they have not moved some of the guys that are valued when you think about players like Kyle Kuzma, Tyus Jones, um, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington. And so I, I think it's going to be a process between now and tomorrow's deadline. But, yeah, I think the Cavs, in a perfect world, they'd love to get in the mix on, the, on things. Now, what could they use, right? I mean, the names that come up around the league, guys like Isaac Okoro, um, who has value, who they tried to extend in the, in the, in the, in the, in the preseason, couldn't get a deal done. You have Karis LeVert's contract, potentially. But outside of that, there's just not much from an asset perspective. They gave up a lot to get Donovan Mitchell, of course. Um, so I, I don't get the sense that the Cavs are necessarily aggressive. They, they're definitely taking calls. Uh, but this is a team that has won 14 of their last 15 games. Obviously, they're rolling. Um, and, and they're playing their best basketball of the season right now. Who's the biggest name that's going to get moved? It seems like it's an awfully quiet deadline at this point. I know we're still early. we got two days to go. But is there – There doesn't seem like there's going to be a big star power move like we've had in the past. But what do you think the biggest name is that could be on the move? When you think about the last two years, Jason, I mean, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving at the deadline last year. You had James Harden, Ben Simmons at the deadline two years ago. So this is, this is definitely going to be not that, I think – few names to definitely keep it on. DeJounte Murray in Atlanta. What is his future? Brooklyn has a few players. Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal to keep an eye on. Charlotte has a couple of guys, like I just mentioned, Miles Bridges, uh, Gordon, Hay- uh, Gordon, you know, Gordon Hayward as well, P.J. Washington. What does Chicago do with Alex Crusoe, DeMar DeRozan? Uh, but there's definitely teams. Dallas wants to make upgrades, wants to get better, wants to make their team better. Detroit's another team that seems to be 
on the selling side, when you think about Monte Morris, Alec Burks, Boyan Bogdanovic, Danilo Gallinari, um, and Golden State, they're taking calls on Andrew Wiggins. They're getting offers on Andrew Wiggins. Nothing yet to their liking. So that seems dormant as of right now as well. But these are all fluid things between now and, and Thursday. There's plenty more. Buddy Heald in Indiana. What happens uh, with him? The Clippers, they've been trying to make a move with P.J. Tucker for a while. And Milwaukee has two second-round picks at their disposal right now that they're trying to see, can we cobble together some salary and go get a player that can help us on the wing and give us a defender on the wing? Uh, so that's just a few things to keep an eye on. The Cavs on the floor have been a wild team this year. ton of injuries, 500 early on. They got hot here. There's been a lot of noise around JB going back to really the summer and preseason and early season. Are you surprised JB is still here? I think once you get into the season and you, you have injuries and, and you know, that obviously was a major disappointment for this team. They were on, I mean, me, me, me and you definitely spoke, Jason, at different points in, in December, especially once um, Darius Garland and Evan Mobley went out. That was really a tipping point for the season. They had one or two directions that they could go, and they went in the other way. They, they went when everyone thought this is a team that was going to go downward, that eventually Donovan Mitchell would be someone that they would have to consider just based on logic they start rattling off wins. And I, I do, like, you have to credit the players. Donovan Mitchell obviously has been the star um, all year. He definitely had a case to be an all-star starter. He has a case, I think, to be, I mean, you have to put him in the MVP conversation, all-NBA conversation, given the year he's having. Um, but you have to give J.B. Bickerstaff a lot, of, a lot of love for the way he was able to keep the team together and for them to rattle off the wins when everyone, I think, around the league expected this team to be at a breaking point once their two star uh, starters went out in Garland and Mobley. So um, I, I think that was the tipping point. They started winning games. It's it's hard to to make any changes with the coaching staff yeah. when you, you're without two of your major starters, and, and that was the position that they were in. Is there a perception around the league? Sham Sharanya joining us on the show. Is there a perception around the league the Cavs can make a run in the East? I, I don't know if they're going to be a favorite going into the East, but given the struggles that we've seen Milwaukee go through, given the injury concern, the massive injury concern that goes all over Philadelphia season with Joel Embiid. Um, and, you know, New York, I think, is is right there with, with Cleveland. You'd have to say they're a team that's, that's going to be a threat. I don't know if they – when you think about firepower, I mean, Cleveland, it, when they're rolling on all cylinders, I mean, this is a dangerous, dangerous team. That's why last year's – defeat in the first round was probably so disappointing for them because they know talent-wise, two all-star guards. You have Mobley and Jared Allen, who are big. This year, they, they get Max Struess in free agency, George Niang in free agency. Um, so they're, they're deeper this year. They should make noise. I, I do think there is a level of, could Cleveland be a team that, that, that advances just based on what's going on elsewhere in the East? We've talked around Donovan a little bit. What do you think his future is? Where is this going to go? One more year of control after this. Where do you think this all leads? Well, I, I, my sense on Donovan Mitchell right now is that he's fully, fully focused on, on this season and, and trying to go as deep in the playoffs as possible with this roster. I think everything kind of takes care of itself in, in a lot of ways. is based on results, based on the team, based on how they're doing camaraderie-wise. Obviously, everyone talks about New York. Everyone, you know, people talk about Brooklyn. Those are the two when you talk to people around the league. But New York has Jalen Brunson 
They've got Julius Randle. Um, we know uh, from a ball-dominant perspective, those are the two guys. You know, you slide Donovan Mitchell in there. Um, how does he play with Brunson? How similar or how dissimilar is that to playing with Garland and Mobley and Jared Allen? Is it is the grass greener? Um, and Brooklyn, I mean, they're a team that's 10 games under 500. Um, the one consistent thing I've heard around Donovan Mitchell all year is he wants to win. Um, I think there's a level of pride, a level of legacy that he wants to build for himself. And he knows that winning and winning big is, is at the crux of that. And I think that will all take care of itself just based on how the Cavs perform in the playoffs. You just mentioned fit you know, with the with the Knicks. You know, I'm not sure if the Nets are the Knicks to him. But say the Cavs, like you just said, mentioned they get to that run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Is there a conversation to be had this summer where they go to the table and they offer him the most they can? Obviously, he could accept it. And there, there could be a thinking, hey, if it doesn't work out here, I'm still getting the most and I'm still a tradable commodity down the line. That's what's happening everywhere around the league, guys. Like that is what is, is going on. That's that's especially, you know, over the last three, four years. It's like extend and then if you want to get a trade or if you feel like you need to get a trade later, like they you know, you can do that as well. So there's definitely a trend around the league. Getting control for the team is obviously important. Players locking in salary is important. If, if the Cavs do make a run, you know that's gonna be a conversation. You know that's something Donovan Mitchell will have to at least consider. Um just because you know, every, everyone knows in Cleveland, in that organization, what his goal is, what he wants, how deep he wants to go in the playoffs. And, and I, I think that they're aware, you know, how, how important the playoffs can be. Who's the favorite in the East? Is it Boston? Okay, it has to be Boston, right? I mean, they're the, they're the team that went to the finals a couple of years ago. Last year, obviously, was a disappointment in the Eastern Conference Finals. They make some changes. But Kristaps Porzingis has been big time for them. Derek White has taken a step. And, you know, in the midst of Damian Lillard going to Milwaukee, they somehow end up with Drew Holiday. And I thought Marcus Smart was going to be a massive loss for this team. I think he's a, he was a big part of the fabric of the organization and the culture there. I thought they were going to potentially take a step back. But once Drew Holiday fell in their lap, I mean, you think about a Marcus Smart replacement, does it get any better? Behind the scenes, what's LeBron James's level of frustration, and could there be a possibility he's on his way out over the next year or two? Well, he has a player option, so definitely anything is possible with that. I, I think from a perspective of, of frustration, I think there's been points where everyone in that Lakers locker room has been frustrated, especially last month uh, in you know early January, mid-January, late December, after the in-season tournament. I mean, this team has just not been the same. Um, I believe they're 14 and nine going, you know, in the in-season tournament, after the in-season tournament, and they just have have been a 500 less than less than 500 teams since, and a 500 team now. And so, uh, definitely, there's been levels of frustration. I think there's definitely some waiting on pins and needles. What exactly do the Lakers do at this deadline? Is it Dejounte Murray? Is it uh, one of the Brooklyn players or all the Brooklyn players? Two of the Brooklyn players. Uh, is it a guy like Tyus Jones? Um, is it a guy like Bruce Brown? Like I, those are all names definitely to, to keep an eye on. Sham Sharanya, senior NBA insider for the Athletic and Stadium, co-host of Run It Back on FanDuel TV. Shams, we thank you very much for the time. All the best. Thanks, buddy. Guys, appreciate it. Jason, much love. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thank you. Sham Sharanya from the Athletic on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So there's something that's going on, and, and thanks to Sham Sharanya for coming on. I know it's a big time at, year and we're getting down to the nitty gritty and he didn't have to take that time for us thank him very much and i thank you for getting 
First um, time you ever thanked me for anything in your I life. I thank you for tons of things. We are going to agree with each other at 9 o'clock, so kiss my ass. Don't even start uh, that. That's a great way to start the, an uh, agreement. With, with what Shams because <laughs> you'll know. What Shams said, that's the tease for 9 o'clock. We agree with each other, so kiss my ass. Um, with, with what Shams Sharanya said is true. Like I think there's a lot of people. You know, I Double A did this. I'm not just accusing them of doing it. We all know it's the truth. Double A started to emotionally separate from Donovan Mitchell. Double A, our old producer, started to emotionally separate from Donovan Mitchell about two months into his time here. It, it was just because he, he listens. You know, he's a, he's a producer. So yeah. he's got to pay attention to not just what's going on in Cleveland, but what's going on everywhere. So you're paying attention to all the other things that are going on. And everybody outside Cleveland in this league, when's he going to go? 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 When's he going to go to New York? When's he going to go somewhere else? Can we get him somewhere else? Can we do something else? You know, the Philadelphia 76ers, when the injuries first started, they're monitoring the Donovan Mitchell situation in Cleveland. Okay, then that started. And Double A, I'm not going to lie to you guys, Double A would send us Instagram photos all the time of Donovan Mitchell with Met stuff on at City Field. That was all over the summer. It really, it didn't really start until after last season. I, but he, Double A, was crazy about that stuff. I mean, just crazy. And it, we, we got to the point where Lyman and I would just yell at him about it. Like, come on, yeah. You can't just sit there and it's amazing considering what we were talking about at six forty. You can't just sit there and live in your fears, buddy. <laughs> but I think that that has started to maybe turn. Like, I, I think some people have, maybe older people have just kept Donovan at arm's length. That's what makes this run so important to me, Jason. I want to hear your opinion on this. That's why I have you in. That's what makes this run so important to me. If you make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year, you know maybe they get exposed in some way somehow and it turns around. But if you make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I can go, hey, you know what? Like, unless you lose to the Knicks, hey, there's some things that are pretty good here. You can sign for a max deal. Take it, and if things don't work out here over the next couple of years, you're still a tradable commodity. Shams, I was actually going to write this after the season. I don't want to get into this until after the season, but we can talk about it now. Well, you got 10 minutes here before, you know, we get set and sail with other things. We just had Shams on. No, and it was a great question by you. I was surprised that you thought that far enough ahead to ask it. Thank you. And and Shams answered it. I'm a college graduate. <laughs> and, and Shams nailed it in his answer. The, the trend of the NBA, like cap space doesn't mean anything in the NBA anymore. It used to be teams used to clear max cap slot. You heard that all the time. Like, the Heat have two max slots now heading into free agency this summer. Uh, the Nets have a max slot now. They've cleared enough cap space for a max slot. Cap space isn't as valuable as it used to be because of the way that the new collective bargaining agreement is set up. It's beneficial to these players to so re-sign with their current teams and then get traded a year later. Mm -hmm. We saw it with Kevin Durant, re-signed with Brooklyn, traded Phoenix within two years after that. Donovan did it in Utah. That's exactly what Donovan did in Utah. He signed the big extension with Utah. He's gone a year later. So there is a path for that to happen, especially if the Cavs have a lot of success this year. I'm not even going to go into everything that I heard about Donovan earlier this season. Like, it wasn't good. None of it was good. But I didn't want to. Can you give me a little bit? No, because I don't. It, I just told you it wasn't good. None of it was good. But I don't want to, like, start fanning the flames again. Because there's, there's no, they're not trading them. A Cleveland media member who doesn't want to fan the flames. Believe it or not, I often don't want to fan I'm the flames. With you. No, I know, but but I'm serious. <laughs> like, okay, so let's go back to last season, right? Like, 
all year long, everyone I talked to said he wants to be in New York. He thought he was going to New York. That's where he wants to be. He wants to go to New York. I didn't write that all year at all until they lost to the Knicks. And then I wrote it. So am I not supposed to write that when that's all that is out there? When any time a conversation with Donovan Mitchell comes up, it's he wants to go to New York. And then you write that, and then everyone wants to shoot the messenger. I'm like, guys, I've been hearing this since December. I just didn't want to mess up the season and start writing that crap in December. Yeah. But now that the season's over, here's what's out there. Here's what everyone is saying. Here's what everyone thinks. Well, here we go again this year where it was a lot of bad stuff about Donovan and how he doesn't want to be there. But we didn't write anything. We sat on well, it, and now here they are rolling, and now let's see how they this looks in the postseason. We all do such a thing as coded language, and Lyman and I danced around it. We made sure we always preferenced it with – hey, he seems to not have a problem with the city or the fans or anything like that. He's done everything right. That's why I didn't want people to take it personally. That's why I looked at this, and I said this is also, and there's so many parallels that I draw to the Deshaun Watson deal where this could be a very big just business transaction with everybody. I said Deshaun Watson is a business deal. That's what it is. Yeah. And I don't think, like, people adore and love Nick Chubb. I don't think it's that way with Deshaun Watson. Absolutely not. And I think that people feel that they might have been on borrowed time with Donovan Mitchell. So they might adore one of the other players with the Cavs, but I don't know if Donovan Mitchell is going to feel that way. Well, here's a chance to change that. Because if it doesn't work here, like if he were to sign a long-term deal, and I understand what what comes into it because we went through the Kevin Love scenario. where Kevin Love signed that deal thinking that he would get traded someday and everything was just going to work out fine. You're not going to turn down a lot of money. No one's going to do that. So I could basically do the same thing with Donovan Mitchell. And I do think that it won't end up the same way with Kevin Love. We're sitting there going, hey, will you take $30 million a year off our cap? Like, we get, I don't think it's going to end up that way. So you could do something, and let's be all honest with each other and up front. Donovan Mitchell's done it all the right way, as you've just Absolutely. stated. And you're an insider, and you know he's done it the right way. We can give him money. We can give him the most money. He could stay here. And if it works out, wonderful. And if we get to a point where it's not working out, where it maybe becomes Dame in Portland, then we can find something to, to get done here. Yeah. And, and I have no problem with it. And, and this summer will be the tell. Like, this, there was no it, – it financially, it did not make sense for him to sign an extension last summer. I was not surprised at all that he did not sign right, last summer. It was basically impossible. Yeah. No, it wasn't impossible. He was extension eligible, but he would have left uh, a lot of money on the table yeah, for himself. That's, well, I'm sorry. That's why it's I said. like I, – I don't have it in front of me. I think it was like 40 or $50 million difference in signing long-term last summer versus this summer. Now, maybe he takes the money this summer with the understanding of, you know, let's go year by year on this because it's financially beneficial. The Cavs can pay him more than anybody. Or maybe he just says, guys, I'm not signing an extension here. Like, it's it's time for me to go. And you don't know what's in a guy's heart. Like, Kawhi Leonard won a freaking championship with Toronto and left. Mm-hmm. And so you can, you, like, you could say, well, if. Can't if, make him stay. You can't make him stay. He, he was sent here. He didn't choose to come here. He was sent here. But I give him a ton of credit because he said all the right things. He's been a great leader in the locker room. He's done. He's been everything the Cavs wanted him to be since the day he got here. And this is why he's here. For this moment, like this is why they traded for him to lead a young, inexperienced team that didn't know how to win. It was his job to lead them, and he's doing that. Somebody here has a good car wash story, apparently. That coming up a little bit later on. Mitch, please, at 940. And coming up next, Jason and I agree with each other on this, and you certainly will not agree with us on it. Coming up next on The Fan. Some of you are just tuning in. We thank you very much for it. Go back to on the free Odyssey app later on. Not, not now, but go back at 10 o'clock. Go back at like midnight tonight. I, I want you to listen to everybody. Yeah, geez. I wasn't going to say yeah, it. Yeah, whatever. 
Uh, at what time did we get in a big fight? 7.20? We were mopping the blood up off the floor. Yeah, we got in a great big uh, knockdown drag out at 7.20 this morning over Evan Mobley taking threes. And there's people who agree with me, and there's people who certainly agree with Jason. And my whole thought of it was, okay, if you want him to take more threes, then take a lot of threes. Have him take eight threes because I want him to find the spots on the floor. I'm, I'm going to go with you the whole way or I'm not going to go at all. Okay? We had that argument. Go back and listen to that 92.3 The Fan 923thefan.com and on the absolutely free Odyssey app. And again, Jason, I while I disrespect his opinions at the time, I do respect his opinions overall. There's something that Jason and I do agree on. And this is going to get kind of weird. So yesterday, about 9.30, 9.35, it was like right before break, Danny Cunningham was in. And something about Donovan Mitchell was we We're talking about Donovan Mitchell. And he said that Donovan Mitchell was the second best Cleveland Cavalier of all time. And I kind of went right by it for a second. I went, wait a minute, of all time? And, oh, yeah. I need something stronger than coffee. And then I went, okay. And I said, well, Kyrie Irving never existed. And I don't want to put words into Danny's mouth, but there was a back and forth between the two. Well, Danny tried to differentiate between best of all time and great. Well, I got mad at Danny. Because I didn't get mad at Danny, mad at Danny, well, but I got, got argument mad at, mad at Danny because Danny kept seeing them to move the goalposts. And it seemed everybody who agreed with Danny was moving the goalposts. Well, there's a difference between greatest and best. What the hell does that mean when we're talking about the greatest Cavaliers of all time? Because if we're talking about best and greatest, well, I think a lot of people just put best out there. LeBron, is he the best and the greatest? Is there a difference there? Tell me the difference. Write the fine line down and then tell me about the fine line if you want to. Because my whole thought is, guys, Kyrie might be a little bit different. Okay? You know what you saw. But then I thought, do they really? I don't mean to be an ageist here, but it seemed to be that a lot of people maybe were prisoners of the moment or... How long has it been since Kyrie played here? About uh, six years. Either they don't remember or they weren't paying close enough attention then. Now, Kyrie's been through a lot over the last six years. Because I'm going, I don't think there's any. And there were people who said, no, Ken, you're wrong. We'll be free as the number two guy. And I go, okay, well, guilty is charged on that. So now we're just going down the line of, of ageism and, and gatekeeping on generations of basketball. But it's like, all right, it's LeBron way up here, number one with a bullet. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to argue that. But you and I agreed with each other. We're going, Kyrie Irving's number two. How well, is it debatable already? Here's where we agree. It ain't Donovan Mitchell. But putting Kyrie at two, I'm not I'm not sure I'm willing to put Kyrie at two. I'm just definitely not willing to put Donovan at two. Because well, it's who like, would you put it to then? I, don't, I think there's a conversation to be had. It's like we forgot that basketball existed before 2013 is the way that we're at, acting around here. I mean, they did play basketball in Cleveland in the 70s and 80s, and there was a guy named Austin Carr, and there was a guy named Brad Doherty. Well, I brought that up with him as well because I said, well, hold on here. If we're going to do this because, you know, injuries get brought into this. I go, if, if we're – and this was the whole best and greatest type of thing because I said the greatest talent I ever saw play at wide receiver was Josh Gordon. Yeah. And that includes Jerry Rice. Now, Jerry Rice obviously – Josh Gordon is not fit to hold the bags of Jerry Rice when it comes to the career, but the greatest talent I ever saw was Josh Gordon. It's a shame how it ended up. People don't want to throw that in there. So we got to differentiate careers and talent and all the other stuff. Like I always brought up the famous fight about Bo Jackson. Well, talent where it's at, Bo Jackson, overall talent, but the career wasn't 
on either side because of the injuries, what we wanted it to be. Well, with AC, I said AC could have very well been the number two greatest Cavalier of all time. And I brought up Brad Doherty. Had he not had back and knee issues, would right. he have been the number two greatest Cavalier of and all time? It's hard to compare eras because that was a completely different era. And I'm just looking down. I'm, I mean, points aren't the end all be all. We can't base Mark this. Price if he played in this era. Oh, wow. Mark Price in this era would be exactly. unbelievable. Exactly. And we can't base the whole thing on points. There's more to basketball than points. But if you want to go look at the scoring leaders all time, obviously LeBron's one. Z is two. And then Doherty three and Austin four and Mark Price five. So I just, I don't, I think, I think you can make a case for multiple guys to be two. You can certainly make a case for Kyrie to be two. He hit the biggest shot in franchise history. And I think because he is disliked, I think that weighs on people. The ones who do remember, it wasn't that long ago. You should remember. Anyone over the age of 20 should remember. 18. I, I cut it off at like 25 for whatever reason. And I just like. Well, I mean, I remember vividly at 10 and 12 years old, the heroes of my youth I, and sports. But I just think that guys are kind of looking at it because they don't like Kyrie. I think that has a lot to do with it. And it's recency bias. Donovan is what is here now. Had Donovan played here six years ago and Kyrie was here now doing this, they would probably say it's Kyrie. Uh, True. And I, I just, I, I just, it's a complicated conversation to have, but to definitively declare Donovan as the second greatest Cavalier in team history after a year and a half, I think is woefully short-sighted. Well, 216-474-0092, who is actually better than? Because I got Donovan right now, and I kind of wanted to get unfair about it. I want to get nasty about it, but it could get unfair where I'm sitting there going, Okay, well, what if Donovan Mitchell decides he doesn't want to be here this summer? Where does Donovan Mitchell rank for some of you then? Oh, he'll fall down the list then. Okay, well, that's what we're doing. Because, I, I mean, I'm trying to put everything else. There's certainly things that Kyrie thinks that I disagree with. But if I'm trying to put everything else aside and looking at the basketball players, the best finisher I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I was with that guy every day for, what, seven years, six years? Mm-hmm. He drove me crazy. He drove me crazy. He and I were not tight at all. But I can separate that from who was on the floor and what he could do on the floor. And he was magical with the ball in his hands. And then there's also guys like Mitch here who said that Donovan, now favorites, interesting. You said Donovan's your second favorite Cavalier of all time, Mitch. Yes. I can't, I guess I can't fight favorites. I just need yeah, to know favorite, how. It is what it is. I mean, but... you are 26. It's not like you're 18 years old. And you must fall in love quickly. Well, here's you the fall thing. hard and he fall fast. Here's yeah. the thing with 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 a guy like Donovan Mitchell, I wasn't expecting. First of all, you, you when you make the trade from Utah, you were kind of running the risk of oh, well, you're getting this big superstar coming in, potentially affecting the the core that we kind of built up in the the 21, 22 seasons with Allen and Garland and Mobley, and it's fit like a glove. The guy, as you guys mentioned in the last second, he's been a leader for this team since he's gotten here, and he's been able to not only help you to get more wins than you probably would have in the past, but he's been able to help the other guys get better. He's been able to make shots, been able to make plays, been able to come up in big moments. That's kind of made me fall back in love with Cavs basketball, which after LeBron left, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to for a long time. He brought back your love of Cavs basketball, Donovan Mitchell did. Uh, I'll take that that back a little bit because that, that Cavs core... The 21-22 season, that was when it got back to it. Um, but Donovan Mitchell taking that to another level the next year and the next year after that solidified it for me. If I were looking at my favorites, I, I still don't know where I put Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if he hits the top 10 yet. Well, and favorites don't have to include guys that are actually leading the team or you know contributing. I mean, Mel issue. Hall was my favorite Indian as well, a kid, and now yeah. he's in prison. I mean, those are, those are things. I always joked, and it's kind of true, 
Luke Walton's one of my favorite Cavs of all time because he made the years in well, between LeBron oh, he was great. one year bearable. He's right? a great you, dude. You can make but that about Delhi. Let's Deli. not talk about our favorite all time Buffalo Deli's, Bills running backs then. Delhi's one of them, and for some certain people Thurman in town, Delhi is number one. I think <laughs> J.R. Smith's another one of those guys that could be considered a favorite Cav of all time. Yeah, Delhi. I mean, we had the guy in the leather vest here who I I think he would have stabbed any of us over Matt Delavidova. Delhi almost died for your basketball team. Yes. <laughs> And they Smith, carried him out on his stretcher. J.R. Smith might have been the most fun I've ever had watching basketball. And I remember the night they traded for him because I thought at first, I, I thought that Amon Shumpert was the guy that yep. they should trade for. And they announced J.R. first, and I was fit to be tied because it's like, man, this guy's nuts. You guys are crazy. And then they announced Amon Shumpert. I'm like, oh, okay, so you're not getting that guy without that guy. And J.R. Ended, uh, ended up being the guy I like more. Yeah, everybody liked more. No offense to Amon Shumpert, but he was <laughs> that trade went completely the opposite way of what everyone is it was expecting. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Shumpert there, was supposed to be the guy, and Jr. was supposed the throw to be a mess. Yeah. yeah, and LeBron told Griff, "Bring him. I can handle it. I can handle." He him. did two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. Bill and Parma, you're next up on the fan. Yellow. Great, great question, you guys. But I, I think, I think you guys are are again being swayed by. Uh, well, one, how long he's been here, and two, offensive uh, statistics. You know, in looking at a basketball player, and I've done this in the past, uh, in my in my past uh, experiences, um, there's other things besides scoring. Who's the okay? Let's just take Kyrie. Who's the better defender? Um, uh, uh, Kyrie or um, Donovan? Donovan. A two by four laying in the middle of the court. What's that mean? <laughs> Neither one of them are great defensively. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not true. Yes, it I is. Asked, <laughs> <laughs> All no, right, go not. ahead. You two go. Okay, you, okay. You would you would say you would say that Donovan is the same defensively as Kyrie. I mean, I would probably give Donovan a nod, but not okay, by but not but not by much. Donovan is not right. a great perimeter defender at all. Was Kyrie that good? At Kyrie all was a swinging a, gate. Right. Thank you. Okay. So it's Donovan. Who who makes the players around him better? Uh, I think both of them did. Kyrie had to learn how to no, do that when Ky- LeBron. Ky- no, Ky- listen, Kyrie had zero assists in a game <laughs> at Utah with LeBron, but okay. then he sort of figured it out. Okay, let me ask you this: Every team that Kyrie went on, did they get better or worse? Oh, by himself, yeah. He's not. He's not. Oh, uh, he can be a bit of a cancer. There's no question about that. Okay. Is Donovan a cancer? No, he's been great. Okay. But then the question always is, when a guy goes on to a team, and again, Jason, I don't think you're being fair with this because I think, obviously, it is obvious that Donovan makes the players around him better. Yes, he does. Then the question is, then the question is if he makes them better, what is it about him that makes him better? And, you know, the teams that, he's, that, that Donovan's on right now doesn't necessarily have – you know, you, you can say uh, Garland has scoring ability, but he's not good defensively. Mm. He doesn't make people around him better. So, the, so it's his team, and there's not necessarily stars on that team that he's on right now. Allen all of a sudden stepped up, but you had to get Darius Garland out of the way. So what makes him – he has made this team better. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I will say that even with – get this. I will even say that even with LeBron – LeBron had a lot of difficulty making other players better around him because why? LeBron had to have the ball in his hand a, <laughs> Wait a lot. Minute. Go ahead. Wait a minute. Go ahead. Let's you go, think LeBron go. had a hard time making players better? I wrote a story on how much money he's made other guys. If you look at like 
the Booby okay. Gibson Matt contract, Dovidova. the Tristan contract, Moscow. the Deli contract. He made Moscow. more. Moscow. Holy crap! He made okay. more okay. money for his can, teammates can throughout answer, his career than he right. made himself. Can, can I answer this question? Can I answer it? By all means. All right. All right. Last one. Uh, who do you think walked into the general manager's that's office? That's not answering the question. Oh, okay. that's speculation. You're asking another question. That's speculation. Oh, come on. Come on. And uh, how, how uh, in demand was Booby Gibson that's after he left Cavs? All right. Bill, thank you for the call. I, I didn't even hear what he said. He asked, how in demand was Booby Gibson after he left the Cavs? Because LeBron made him better. He just defeated his own point there. I don't know where he was going with that. I don't I'll, know either. I'm just I'll saying. give him. Uh, Donovan has made this team better. There's no question. But that goes back to I'm not ready to anoint Kyrie number two all time. I'm just definitely not ready to anoint Donovan all number right, two. Is, is Donovan Mitchell the number two? Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. I I don't know how he's already the number two already. He's been here for two years, but apparently he's the number two. Also coming up, Mitch please at nine forty and quote. I have a good car wash story. That's coming up next on The Fan. What's this car wash story you needed to tell everybody? You know, no, 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 because you've just now, like, built this. I just walked in and said, because you, like, look for these little quote, funny ha-has. Quote, I got a good car wash Be, story. To just work into something when you got an extra minute, minute and a half I to fill. I don't know what you get at not to, at me when not I'm to lead a, a segment. I don't not know to what you're doing build it up me, for three man. hours. Not build it up for three. I didn't say a word about it until 20 minutes ago. Tell me your camera, I was Shirley. just going to say. I was just going. Are you done? Yeah. You're a child. Yes, I am. My 13-year-old is more responsible and mature than you. Responsible? Yes. Yes. Sir. Yes. Sir. Anyway, unlimited does not mean unlimited anymore is the only thing I was getting at. <laughs> unlimited? What does unlimited mean? Unlimited should mean unlimited. Oh, wait a minute. You think unlimited should mean unlimited? Uh, unlimited to me means when you unlimited. Write unlimited, it means unlimited. It means correct, unlimited. Correct, 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 correct. correct, 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 correct. So, <laughs> so Owen knows the car wash of which I speak. Let's not name names. I'm not. I can't even remember the name of it. It used to be something else. It's not Wet Go Unlimited. It's not. Okay. It's definitely not it's that. It's not the Wet Go. Wet no. Go is fine people. It's definitely not that. It used but to be Jason something else. If could eat a pilgrim in that bins while he went through oh, a wet go, he would you know he'd it. do that. He would in a hammer. It. <laughs> but this, this place, cranberry sauce everywhere. This place is like a half mile from my house. I pass it. It's in the direction I go every day. It's what toward it the highway. Jed Clampett's car wash. Oh, shut up. And the old company, Unlimited Men Unlimited. You could get your car wash five times in a day if you wanted to. It's unlimited. So a new place bought it, and I don't like this new place. They just make up their own hours. It's like the uh, it's like the the skit, the 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 impractical joker skit of lanes open, nope, lanes closed. Lanes open, nope, lanes closed. The car wash is supposed to be open, it's not open. It's I thought it would be closed. No, it's open. They just like randomly decide that when to come and when to go. I'm thinking right now if I got a story to share with you, if I if I should, but I'm going to. Go ahead. So, and so I'm already annoyed with these people and they've recently raised their prices, which I was unaware of. Apparently, we're on some family plan now because I got one for my wife's car and one for mine. And the other day, I went through in the morning, as I ought to do, got the car washed. Later that day, it was dirty. Like, it was slushy. It was dirty. I was on my way home. No line. I thought, I'll just pull right through. Got up to the gate. The gate wouldn't go up. <laughs> I sat there. <laughs> now there's a car behind me. Now there's another car behind me. And I'm sitting there. The gate won't go up. So I blow the horn. Like, hey, 
gate. Put the gate up. Is that what you started yelling out yeah, the window? Yeah, it's a, a gate. Gate. This girl comes out and she said, you've already been through once today. And I'm like, well, true, but it says unlimited. And what does unlimited mean? It means unlimited. If I want to do the Daytona 500 and just pull through here 57 times today, I should get 57 car washes. And she said, I, you've, you've already been through. And I, I said, well, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm not backing up. So I guess you better put that arm up. She sends you through? She put me through. And I went through and I got my second car wash of the day. Now, I, out of spite, I try and get it washed every single day. Just oh, yeah. because. Oh, yeah. Before, it wasn't like that. You know, but now. She said somebody else bought it and the customer service has gotten worse. Oh, it's terrible. See, this is Terrible. where, uh, when you told me that, because there's been times where, you know, I'm a, I'm a neat freak. Uh, I won't eat in my truck, which a lot of people are surprised, but I won't eat in my truck. Um, correction, I had to do that once a couple of weeks ago, but I can't tell you why. It's off the air. You'll <laughs> laugh. You'll laugh. It's funny. All right, I'll tell you guys this right now. <laughs> so between this show and the other show, there is a person who works at the TV station who... I mean, it is a Lyndon Johnson taking the space away. Like, you ever see the pictures of Jimmy Haslam and people go, oh, he's a close talker. Yeah. He'll do that to me while I'm eating and want to just have a conversation. And it, it is so jarring that I sat there and I go, I don't want to deal with this. I have to, like, I have to eat, obviously, and I have to, uh, I have to do this here because I, I knew he was going to be there and I didn't want him to put his face in my face while I was eating. <laughs> And so I, I gave into the pressure. But they have a cafeteria down there. And I'm like, next time I'll just eat at the cafeteria. I freaked out. I couldn't do it. Uh, that, that experience is not unlike a lot of people's experience. Did you know? Like, okay, so I'll share this with you. A few years ago, before I moved to the west, east side, I was living in Ridgeville. And I've, I got to know a person who ran a car wash, right? And he's, it, we, we became friends. And I'm always looking for a different angle, something like that. And I said, you know, this place, the, he's got good customer service, the whole thing. And this is, again, years ago. And I says to him, I says, I'm moving to the east side. You know, we don't have anything over there. I, you know, let's, let's talk turkey. I'll get involved. And he's like, well, he, he kind of didn't want to tell me bad news. And I'm like, well, if you don't think I'm, I'm, I'm smart. Everybody thinks I'm stupid, but I'm smart. I go, if you don't know, he goes, no, it's not that. He goes, I got to warn you. I go, what? He goes, this is a cyclical business. And I go, what does that mean? He goes, there's a lot of major corporations or like investors that come in. And he goes, every 10, 15 years or so over the last, they buy them up. They buy them from people. They run them and they basically run them into the ground. And then you'll see all these places closed down. And then new owners will, new owners actually want to do it. They'll buy it. They'll run it. Well, they they'll run get it. a customer base and then they get bought out. They run it to launder their meth money through. Right. Whoa, whoa, According whoa. To the hey, research hey, that I've, hey, I've seen. Hey. Reckless speculation. <laughs> it's a breaking bad reference. Settle down. Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to get some business done too, and you're ruining all, all right. my stuff. You tell them I'll all my tell business out there. about you. Lord Almighty. Still Always that, about Ken. Still doing that Coke mule that you used to do? Or? That was like eight times. Anywho, then he's like, he's like, a lot of places are about to open up. A lot of places are about to open there, up. It feels like there's a car wash in every corner. And he was right. He was right. Like, there has been so many, like, out of town that have opened up. 
And he, I was, I told him, he's like, I told you, he's like, let the, let the, let it blow over. And then maybe we could talk at another time. And it's been a few years. Like I, the town I live in, they had to put a moratorium on it. Yeah. There's a car wash everywhere now. Yeah. Everywhere. But that's it. Like if there was a person who was there, like if they're local, like again, if they, if they live down the street, like, Hey, I, I mean, this guy's a neighbor. We gotta, we gotta make good on this. Like, yeah, it went through the thing broke. Like, that's it. Like there was. There was one situation I know they were getting hydraulic fluid all over their windows and stuff. Yeah, it ain't good. Ain't good. Yogi in Cleveland, hello. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing wonderful, Yogi. Go right all on right. ahead. I'm a little bit older than you guys, but uh, he didn't play for the Cavs a long time. But his uh, what he did, he saved basketball in Cleveland. That's where I'll be free. That's one of the greatest Cavaliers because of what contribution world has said i've talked to world about this when when he first came here he could you could hear the concession people shouting hot dogs or programs or whatever it was it was there was nobody there was nobody at those games nobody yeah three two fifteen hundred people at the coliseum that's surprising to me because like you talked to terry Pluto. terry Pluto says it's a very underrated basketball town no, I don't know Cleveland? if it was that way. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was that way. Like, I bet Terry would say something different. Yogi, thank you very much for the call. It's a great point. I I don't know if he would say it was that way then. It definitely wasn't that way then. I did the – one time we were doing, like, attendance stuff, I remember, and I did some looking into it, and I go, boy, it is the perfect mix where Pittsburgh and Cleveland, like, one has their hockey, yeah. and there's plenty of people who are Penguins fans here, and the other one has their basketball. And you go out to Pittsburgh, there are plenty of people wearing Cavs shirts. They hate our guts when it comes to the bronze and, and vice versa. And they don't really care about the Guardians like we don't really care about the Pirates. They hate our guts when it comes to football, but there are a lot of people who are Cavs fans the Cavs, over in Pittsburgh. The Cavs played a preseason game in Pittsburgh and, in the yeah. recent past because I covered it. And when you look at the attendance, like over, it's like, okay, the Browns have actually done way better than Pittsburgh attendance-wise. Going by percentage of stadium fill-up, right? When it comes to baseball, both kind of bottom 10. Uh, Cleveland's done a little bit better, but when it comes to their hockey top 10 and when it comes to us, I think we were ninth the last time I looked a couple years, a, a year ago. Yeah. So it's like we do well with basketball. They do well in hockey. Like I, Terry said, it's an underrated basketball town. I believe LeBron created a generation of basketball fans that didn't previously, previously exist. Now I the think 80s, he created a generation of basketball fans who have created a higher standard for the Cleveland Browns and they are more interested in the Cleveland Cavaliers. Say it again. I believe that LeBron James there is a group of very young individuals out there who are probably like in high school right now and can't hear this. I believe he's he's created a generation of basketball fans who are Cavs first, and they have become very cynical about the Browns. The Browns lost a generation of fans, without question, with their absolute ineptness. My son is 21 and laughs at the Browns. He thinks they're a joke. Well, I'd like to fight your son. Well, you can. Wait, is he the big one? No. Okay, no, I'm not fighting the big one. The big one's 13. He's I'm not, not fighting a 13-year-old. I'm going to go to prison, and I'm going to get embarrassed. He's going to beat my ass. No, but but all the kids around his age, they're not Browns fans because what did they grow up with? They grew up with trash. Well, I, but I think football is also – I'm not well, as hard on that. One gave you a championship the same time that the other one gave you one in 30 Yeah, absolutely. But at the same uh, – uh, also the point of this is, is that football, I think, is shooting fish in a barrel. I think you can jump into football at any time. Like, I think football yeah, – that's true. The NFL, and honest, honestly, the 
the growth of the Subway alum, the person who didn't go to Ohio State but is an Ohio State fan, the person who didn't go to Florida State but became a Florida State fan, has taken college football to a new level. Like in the old, old, old days before we were only before we were all born in this room, it was like, hey, man, if you were a fan of Ohio State, it's because you went to Ohio State or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not Ohio State, but there was a couple other, a lot of other places. Now you find more different fans there. And I think that that's helped football together. And because the NFL tries to be something for everybody, hello, see what's going on with the Super Bowl, I think it's an easy thing where it's like, hey, if the Browns are good, they're going to jump in. But I do think he's created a generation of like, 18-year-old guys who they are Cavs first, they are basketball first, they love the NBA, and they have become very cynical about the Browns and what they do. Because when I was growing up, it was the Cavs were really good with Mark Price, and then things went straight to hell. Yeah, And I'm listening to Roadman talking about the team maybe moving, and then LeBron coming in, and it was kind of vice versa where we were begging the Browns to come back, the Cavs weren't very good, and then the Guardian or the Indians at the time were amazing. Well, that's where I was going to go. Look at 95, 96, 97, 98. Jacobs Field was a sellout every single night, set yes. a record for consecutive sellouts. It was a thing to do. And and that's not, and I want to be clear like basketball in the 80s in Cleveland was great. Richfield was rocking. It was great. But when LeBron came, I believe that he create he elevated the Cavs in this city to the clear number 2 and the Guardians are now th- look at their attendance. Look at where the Cavs are. The Cavs now part of this is because you had to buy season tickets during the run, during the playoff run from the previous year. But the night that they ended their 26-game losing streak, the year after LeBron left, it was a sellout. And it sounded in there like it was an NBA Finals game, and they had lost 26 in a row. And that place was rocking when they beat the Clippers in double overtime. I remember it vividly. And I think it goes back to what LeBron created around him. Yes, I agree. And now the Guardians are a distant third. And I don't want to make it into too big of a picture conversation, but – I don't think it makes it any better because when when people start talking about the Dolans, and I'm not defending the Dolans here when I say this, I say, well, you just got to be careful what you wish for or not even be careful what you wish for, but just don't think that the new people coming in because they'll eventually take over are going to be some group of people. Like I think they'll probably make a splash when they first take over and and get somebody out there, but I really think they're going to end up running like a business just like everybody else. I, I, I don't see any... Like, the, the, the Orioles are, are selling their team. The Angeloses are selling their team. Yeah. Well, the state of Maryland's going to have a problem with it. The Angeloses are selling their team, and I'm thinking, they're just going to run that like a business, just like Peter Angelos did. Well, very few owners are going to write personal losses. They're going to take personal losses. But I do think that there's – I think there's there's room between where it's presently being run and where it can go. Yeah. I think there's space for things to increase. I, told, I, I agree with you, but I don't know if they're going to allow it. And there's also the presentation of it. The NFL presents itself as if everybody has a chance, no matter whether you're in Kansas City, Missouri, or New York, New York, or Los Angeles. It doesn't matter. In the NBA, there's many criticisms about Dan Gilbert, obviously, and you've written about him. But there's also a presentation of, I will do anything to win. Dan wrote personal, Dan covered and, losses and on his personal to win that championship. <laughs> that's why there's people who are lifelong fans. I And, and, and I get that. Part I, of the I reason. Get that. Part of the reason. I was told by people, and th- these are not like Dan supporters. Like these are not people who would say it just to support Dan. These are people who see Dan for what he was in 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, who told me Dan lost like $50 million the year of the championship, the championship season. The Cavs lost $50 million. 216-474-0092. That's staggering. A couple of people who want to get in here. I'll get to you guys. And Mitch, you got a good one over there, Mitch? Can you tease me? I've got a very good one pertaining to one of our rivals. Okay. 
That sounds very interesting. Mitch, please, coming up next on The Fan. Tomorrow, 10-15, podcast coming up after the show. Now, Jason will be back with me for the show, 6 to 10 tomorrow morning. I'm going to be talking to Matt Adorney, the head coach at Mogador High School. We'll be talking about the big changes in high school football, Owen. I've got my questions prepared. You can ask questions. Absolutely. You're more than welcome. It's like a chef's table for the emerging broadcast or the emerging broadcast scene, the emerging uh whatever we call podcast that damn thing. scene. Yeah. Who cares? We should call that. It's like the chef's table cuz Lime ain't here and I'm just going to do a boutique interview about the changes in in high school football. The pitfalls, what to avoid, what to not avoid. Hopefully it'll be fun. It'll be on the podcast. Are you going to listen to it or not listen to it? It's your call 10:15 tomorrow morning. 92.3 The Fan Extra on the free Odyssey app. Brought to you by the fine folks at Extend Technologies. An Odyssey station. I want to get to these calls here, but first I have to bring in Mitch from Mitch Please. Now, you teased this well. This is audio now that's going to make the show better today. You did well yesterday. I think you're two for two on the week, Mitch. Let's see if we can make it three for three. And Jason officially has his feet up at 9.45 a.m. Where did you have it? Where did you have it? 8.14. Why? You, you hung out till 9.45. You to put took your feet bets up. on what time I'd put it's my feet on the bets. table? I just, we didn't make bets on little, anything. There are little quirks that happen when people who aren't the normals are on the show. Yeah. and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm abnormal. I would never oh, bet yeah. against a guarantee. <laughs> and the guarantee is that Jason is going to put a half-assed effort together. Oh, you got, you got the full effort today right up until now. Yeah, to get you mad, but well, either way. I blame it on only having two people on around the Super Bowl, which was not Mitch's fault. It was somebody else's. But uh, I figured by the time we got into the betting thing with the third person, at around 814, <laughs> yeah. Jason yep. would be... In yep. full relax. I, knew, I thought that was going to happen, and it didn't happen. And again, I had to get you mad. You see, you you argue with me, and you say, oh, I like being right. You are a puppet on my strings. Oh, whatever. All right, Mitch, what do you got there, buddy? All right, so I saw this clip from uh, KDKA CBS News Pittsburgh yesterday in which uh, Steelers President Art, Ro- Art Rooney II Ooh. was talking with uh, Bob Pompliani about the Steelers offseason and a bunch of other things. And Rooney had comments on whether or not the Steelers would keep the door open of potentially getting a quarterback through a trade this offseason. Would you be willing to make a trade for a current quarterback if, you know, the price was right in that kind of a situation? Well, you know, as we sit here in early February, we're not closing the door on anything. Uh, you know, we, we have a, uh, a lot of evaluations to go through, and, and uh, you know, we'll go through all the options and, you know, do what we need to do to, to be better this coming season. Does that mean they're going to go after Russell Wilson? I think that was a standard answer. I think it was a standard answer. He is not a fiery individual. He is more of a let's go down the line individual. Yeah. Which is probably for the better. I mean, you could have him. You could have Jim Ursay. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty far away from Tomlin's answer after the draft when they picked Kenny Pickett. Uh, We're excited about it. Um, Just are. There's no way that guy's only 5'7". There's no way. that's inaccurate. There's no way he's only 5'7". Yeah, he's not shorter than me. There's no doubt. Is there a concern of what quarterback they have next year over there? Because I think the concern is always just with us. Yeah, there better be concern with who their quarterback is. With their quarterback? Yeah, they're the freaking Steelers. They win with 
Kenny Pickett. I, well, I know that, but I know that, but Mason I think Rudolph yeah. into the playoffs this year. Yeah. Let me let me let me read so much so that Lima named his kid after. Let me reset it. Yeah, that's gonna be something he has to wear for a long time. Let me reset it. I don't think anybody really cares about any of the other teams right now. Like before, I think that we used to because we weren't very good. Uh, we would obsess with them. We're in this weird spot where we're good, but not a lot of people have full confidence in the quarterback. Fair. So I think that it's right now, it's like, hey, you got to make sure your house is in order before we go shooting cannons off at Pittsburgh about their QB situation or anybody else. I mean, ultimately, you got to take care of your own house, but you better look at what your neighbors are doing. Like- Apparently, yes. But I, but I, I think if we had some big conversation – about Russell Wilson or Justin Fields, for that matter, or it'd not be Drake May, but like the fourth who might be the fourth quarterback taken in the draft. Could it be like J.J. McCarthy or something like that? If we were to be like a J.J. McCarthy, uh, just saying a name off the top of my head, um, I think a lot of people would just go, yeah, let's worry about Deshaun Watson before we go talking about Pittsburgh Steelers quarterbacks, guys. Well, that's that's fair, but I think the Steelers are a team that's always in the playoffs, but I don't know that Browns fans necessarily fear the Steelers anymore. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But if you put Russ Wilson on that team, do you fear them? Uh, no, I don't. But I think that they would be the I think they'd be the same way as they are right now. I think they can get in the way. I think they can stop you from making the playoffs. For sure. But they're not a they're not a whole oh, scary threat they're not or a anything Super Bowl like threat. that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think they're a Super no, Bowl threat. No, no, but there's not a whole lot of room at the playoff hotel, and that's another mm-hmm. team. Knocking on the door. When they got when they got Arthur Smith, everybody made fun of it. And I said, well, he didn't know what the hell he was doing with Derrick Henry. And I think that Najee Harris is okay. I don't think he's as bad as what I made him out to be at first. I think Jalen Warren is great. Well, I don't know why Matt Canada forgot how, who Jalen Warren was. Arthur Smith is not going to forget who he is. No. So he's going to take care of his quarterback because that's all he really knows. And they're going to run the ball. And they'll probably win nine games. And they'll be a thorn in the side. And they could possibly keep you out of the playoffs or yeah. other teams out of the playoffs. Yeah, I was talking to some people in Atlanta about Arthur and was told he's a good guy, he's a good coach. He picked the wrong quarterback and his owner panicked. I think that's very, very true. Chris so. in Chicago, you're listening on the free Odyssey app. You're next up on the fan. Hello, Chris. Gentleman is a uh, ex-Richfield resident and uh, my high school graduated in the Coliseum. Uh, I want to – Rule Be Free was a great – by that previous caller. He really did help save the Cavs. But I'm also going to cast a ballot for my second favorite Cav. Uh, Mark Price was the glue of those 80s, early 90s Cavs team. Mm. And he was he was really good, too. I would if Mark Price, I think we all agree that if Mark Price was playing in this, in this generation, it would be a totally different conversation yes. about Mark Price. Yes. I, I think, and what I mean by that is he is, he is one of the probably top five most beloved Cavaliers of all time by Cavs fans, I think that he would be more nationally known it, it, with NBA fans out there. Josh and Berea, you're next up on the fan. Hello. What's up, guys? Um, I will just have to disagree because, I mean, I'm 30, so I'm more of a new generation, LeBron generation guy, and it has to be Kyrie Irving because the sheer talent of Kyrie alone was part of the reason why LeBron came back too, and I'm sure Jason could confirm that knowing how close he was with that team. I mean – the talent that look Kyrie had, just the threat he posed on defense is knowing, okay, well, we're going to try and have LeBron beat us. Oh, wait, now we got a guy who has probably the best handles well, we've ever seen in the NBA. And on top of it, just not even the what he did in the finals, the games that he had when LeBron wasn't there, like that 
Portland game when he, he dropped 50 and Josh, had a game winner and Josh, had 57 against the Spurs. I agree. Like, Josh, I agree. Thank you very much for the call. But I do think that if if LeBron was in his prime and Donovan Mitchell were here, I don't think there's any chance he would think twice about coming here. I think he would just come here. Who, Bron? Yeah. If Donovan Mitchell were here and LeBron was still 31 years old. If the team was how it is right now and we were eight years ago. Yeah. Would LeBron I, come that's here? That's what Josh yeah. is saying. Yeah. 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 100%. So I, mean, I don't know if that's one of the reasons. I put Kyrie <laughs> number two, but I don't we, know if that's one of the reasons. We, we might be having that conversation anyway this summer. Oh. Whoa! You want to do that tomorrow? That's all. Goodbye. Well, you'll be back tomorrow. I yeah, will be back you, tomorrow. You to come back. What a cliffhanger, everybody. You said on that. We, we've, we've been doing this show for four hours. Just pull a grenade and pull the pin and throw the grenade. There you go. I, I don't know anything, but hey, let's pull have fun Pull a grenade and throw the pin. Pull the grenade. Big thanks to Sham Sharanya, who joined moves. us earlier today. Listen to that interview, 923thefan.com and on the free Odyssey app. Shams talks about whether or not the Cavaliers are going to be big movers coming up by the trade deadline tomorrow. We will talk trade deadline tomorrow morning for Big Country, for Jeff, for Mitch Apalooza. I guess that's what I just have to call him. For Jason Lloyd, for Lace and Joyd, for Lazy Ass Lace and Joyd, for the Slippery Wizard Anthony Lyman. You started looking at your phone during Josh's call, but you did leave us with a bang, so that's wonderful. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful day, friends. Hey. Cool, I got on the last show. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.